This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners? And welcome to episode 61 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael, and I've got my two co-hosts here, Scott. So what's going on, Scott? Aloha. And Mr. Ryan Kimmel. Go and see what's going on, Ryan. What's going on, guys? And y'all can't see her, but his wife is also back there hiding. Hello. <laughs> so when we, when we get to the voicemail section and you hear a woman laughing in the background, that's who it is because she's listening in while we uh, record. Yes, while we record. I don't know. Scott looks like he's furiously painting something over there just out of frame. So <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a Volkite Lehman Rust turret. That's right. Good, good guess. You there saw that in that flash of like, <laughs> like it popped yeah. up real quick and Ryan's like, Volkai turret, Lehman Russ. Yeah, okay. Mars pattern. So, anyway, we've got a great show for you. It is packed full of things. Uh, let me go ahead and go over what we're going to go over here. So, we got our normal intro we'll go over. Uh, then we got some updates for the Heresy Against MD uh, that awesome awesome telethon that went on yesterday on this recording but probably two days ago by the time you'll hear this uh then we have a cultural exchange that ryan had all the way from japan we need to talk about uh some updates on the hobby aprons a pineapple story coming from scott uh, a joe rogan story coming from ryan uh then we have some hobby progress some voicemails from you listeners out there uh, then we have a 2,500-point Custodes list, a 2,500-point Blood Angels Pride of the Legion list, a 2,500-point Dark Angels Ravenwing Protocol list, a 2,500-point Salamander list with no right of war. I'm sorry, 3,500-point Salamander list with no right of war, a 2,500-point Raven Guard Liberation Force list, and a 2,500-point Raven Guard Recon Company list. Uh, for those Raven Guard lists, we're not going to go over the full list. We just got to questions that need to be answered on those. If I remember correctly, so yeah, discussion. Basically we got discussion. some discussions that need to go down, uh, and then as well, somewhere in this, we need to speak about this uh, Shapeways promotion that's going on tomorrow on our Facebook page. Uh, might as well shout it out now. If you're not, uh, if you don't like us on Facebook, or you're not following us on Facebook, but you're a listener. First off, what's wrong with you? Second off, uh, let's go ahead and get that done as soon as possible so you can go ahead and get in on this uh shapeways summer starter box giveaway tomorrow so we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that um but first off let's go ahead and get this intro out of the way uh ryan how's your week going buddy going good man been real nice weather here all week um i didn't what how many doubles did i work this week I think I worked one. Anyway, uh, I got to relax a little bit this week. I worked one double, I think. But next week, I have to work five in a row, Monday through Friday. I work a double shifts. So I'm not exactly looking forward to that. So 
I'm enjoying the little bit that's left of my good week before I jump into that. Uh, Saturday, we hosted a Perpetual Paintings uh, 30K event, his uh, um, Tactical Strike event. So that was pretty cool. So that went down here on Saturday. What uh, what was the dish that was served? Because I know that when you hold these events, there's a, a complimentary dish that comes with your tickets. Dave made dinner, so I don't really know uh, what he served. He had a whole bunch of stuff, oh. so you'd have to you'd have to get like he like did some Anthony Bourdain shit. There was like couscous <laughs> and some salad, and some blood cake, pudding, like, yeah, kinds of shit. Yeah. It's just weird shit. <laughs> oh, it was weird. It's just not, you know. Normally we're like, you know, fairly. We, when uh, when Emily makes food for the club, it's usually you know fairly common stuff like chicken, pasta, whatever. So Dave went all out. God bless it, Dave. I'm pretty sure he'll uh, send us a message telling us exactly what it was after he listens to this. It's like you fools. It was. He goes, look, you fucking plebs. I wasn't <laughs> going to make grilled cheese sandwiches, so this is what I made. That's what he calls us, fucking plebs. <laughs> we made then he, flank then he, ar- then he argues with everyone about what the temperature of beer should be, who has better beer, England or America, like all kinds of shit like that. Scott's shaking his head. That happens, though. That happens all the yeah, time. Yeah, sure does. Sure does. I mean, one beer got its country to the moon. That's something to remember. (laughs) (laughs) One one beer motivated a country to get their ass up into space. I don't know. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you think that's why there there are lunar landing deniers solely because of that? Yeah, of course. So that... So that you can't give America their their win, their big W? That's why, yeah. Of course there is. Yeah. <laughs> America. It's like, uh, I didn't see the the metric system getting us to space, but that's all right. It's nobody's fault. Anyway, so it sounds like you had a good week. What about you, Scott? How's your week? Dude, I had a pretty harrowing week, man. Um to be honest uh so i have a i have a dog right like i shared you you started that thread on facebook the of your cat like sitting on your soundboard right yeah she's there right now. and ryan's seen seen pictures of my dog i have like a i have a dog you would imagine a hillbilly like me would own i have a hound dog with like side eyes and floppy ears and slobbering all the time and that thing right so it was probably like monday or tuesday night um, or morning, actually. Uh, he sleeps on the bed, and we had, me and my wife had just woke up and had to smell this god awful smell. It smells like the liquid that they pack tuna fish in in packets mixed with blood. It is horrible. Oh, like, oh. What is that fucking smell? Well, anyway. My dog, for like the last two, three days, had been walking around and his ass smelled. His ass had like a smell radius on it that everywhere he would go, <laughs> it would just waft about. And, um, man, what is wrong with him? Like, what is his problem? Just walking Licking around his ass, ass all the time. <laughs> I was like, does he have monkey butt or something? Who knows? But 
dragging his butt across the carpet. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? So I make a vet appointment and take him in. And dogs, unbeknownst to me, have glands in their butt. Yeah, and, anal glands. Yeah, well, his have gone off and decided to do their own fucking thing. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> they, they fucking they made it just past their warranty. Shit like, about, just... <laughs> you know, no regard for any of the boundaries of a fucking civilized society, these anal glands. And uh, so I, I take him there, and the doctor has to take him in the back. And, like, I don't know what she did to him, but she had to, in her words, not mine, was express the anal glands, which I assume is like some sort of butt milk size. Em. Milk em. Him. Yeah. yeah, like popping yeah, a pimple, so. but, you know, rectally. In your butt. <laughs> I got it. Right. <laughs> so I felt pretty bad for him, man. And I was like, that really sucks. But I had to wash all my sheets, everything, because this musk he, he graced us with was everywhere. But I've almost got it all gone. The, he's going back for a checkup tomorrow because I want to make sure I've, I've fixed this issue. I can't. <laughs> I can't have that kind of strife in my life right now. <laughs> so that's how my week's been going. We're going to shoot a commercial, like one of those sh- shitty perfume commercials with Scott, where it's like in black and white, where he buries shit in the desert, like fucking Johnny Depp, but it'll be like anal gland. Beagle the butt. Beagle <laughs> butt. <laughs> yeah, the horizon of tomorrow. And then God. just Scott standing on a rock in the desert with the wind blowing. It's some like, shit like that. It's like that, <laughs> that, that Kenny Powers commercial. Who knew they could harness the scent of boner? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds awful. Yep. I see oh. Scott or uh, Michael about to gag over there. We almost got the Montalongo <laughs> gag. I didn't oh, go no. too, nah, too no. balls deep into gruesome details, but it was fucked. My, my sister, it my sister good. owns a pug, so I'm very familiar with the anal gland leakage. She's got a pug that'll sit down on the couch, stand up, and you're like, "Oh, there's a wet spot." <laughs> like, it's yeah, so oh, bad. Dude, it's disgusting. <laughs> you're just like, oh, like, what like a little ring. That? <laughs> Because, I, I mean, I've, I ex, I walk him a lot. We buy expensive-ass dog food, you name it. She's like, I don't know. It just happens. Like, modern science can't explain why your dog's butt's all messed up. <laughs> why your dog's ass <laughs> broke. Nobody understands. Nobody can. Oh. I feel bad for him. He's a nice guy. But, I mean, I don't, know what, I don't know what to do for you, man. Like, I'm glad I was born a hairless hyper monkey that knows math and science and not a fucking dog with broken ass. But. <laughs> well, if you were a dog, though, you could be mayor in a t- of a town in Kentucky. <laughs> well, yeah, you sure can. Well, you don't have to work. <laughs> you just get to that's fucking thing. lay around all thing day now. with your stinky ass. By the way, people, that's a real thing. Yeah, Google, Google, Google dog mayor of Kentucky. Yeah. It's, no, it's a different dog every time. But yes, it's the fourth time they've elected a dog. I was beginning me. to worry that people were running out of shit to make fun of me for and where I'm <laughs> from. So fortunately, they they fixed that. <laughs> they, uh, they're raising that bar a little bit every year. <laughs> Just a little bit more. Did I tell you that, I forget who it was, somebody was making fun of Kentucky the other day. Like, and they're like from fucking Illinois or some stupid ass place. So I jumped on, I jumped on them. And they were like, what? You make fun of Kentucky all the time. I'm like, I'm allowed. We're from Indiana. Like, Indiana and Kentucky are our brother states. It's like brothers. So we can make fun of each other and each other's shit. 
But if some other state makes fun of Indiana or Kentucky around the Kentucky or Indiana guy, we go to bat for each other. That's how that works. Both states look almost the same, with the exception of extreme northern Indiana and extreme eastern Kentucky. Because extreme yep. northern Indiana is flat with giant windmills, and extreme eastern Kentucky is mountains with inbred hillbillies. <laughs> yeah. The their hills skin have is eyes. Purple, their eyes are yellow. Watch <laughs> the fuck out. It is. Yeah. I would, say, I would say if Texas had a brother state, it would be Arizona. And that's only because, like, you know, Texas were like, yeah, you guys don't know what hot is. And then Arizona's like, oh, yeah, we do. And we're like, oh, fuck, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. It's like that older brother. You're like, yes, sir. Yeah, I'm, you're right. That's That's hot. And you'll have all the freedoms we have and Mexicans that we have. You'll have all the crime we have. Yeah, okay. We get it. Good job, Arizona. But fuck Oklahoma, that's for sure. <laughs> a picture on the news today of a fucking dumpster in Arizona in the plastic, like, flip top had melted. It was so goddamn hot outside. <laughs> not for me, man. We, we were in Arizona went two years ago, and we went to some, like, botanical gardens thing and when you get back in the car and you start the car you know the thermometer pops up in the car i think it said like 122 oh yep it's about right and we were like people kept saying it was a dry heat well let me tell you something about your fucking dry heat (laughs) arizona you can keep your dry heat i'll keep the fucking 100 humidity where it feels like you're literally walking through like a swimming pool like you're submerged in water here in indiana like it's like walking through a hot tub when you go outside because the humidity is so high. That be, like that's not even close to how fucking hot it was in Arizona, standing out in the sun in that botanical garden. It was so bad, and there was like oh, well, no water, no shade too. Like it's like a greenhouse. Yeah, <laughs> of course. No, no, no. no. Oh. Like it's it's outside, but we're like walking around and we're like looking for any amount of shade that you can stand under. And I look over at my wife, and she's like doing the fucking like wobbly thing like you always see in the movies where you're like people are walking through the desert right before they go down and i'm like yeah it's fucking bad isn't it we felt like rango like we've talked about this before it's like when rango falls out of the back of the car at the beginning of rango and the fucking sun hits him and he hardens and all his fucking skin flakes off and then he walks two more steps and it does it again that's what it was like that's it's heat, like man. that PTSD nightmare Sarah Connor has about fucking <laughs> Judgment Day. It's kind of taking over. Yeah. Just, yeah. So, just blow your skin off. <laughs> that was always scary Good to call, me as Scott. a child. <laughs> yeah, man. That movie's fucking intense. By the way, that happens on my birthday, August 27th. I always remember that. The Terminator was like 2000 whatever. Yeah. August 27th. That was my birthday. That's when yeah. the... The nuclear war happens in Terminator. Naturally. Naturally, there's some sort of correlation there we need to probably look into a little bit further. But, you know. So all of our Arizona listeners, I know we got Kana out there. She's dying in this heat, I'm sure. Just stay cool. Just kick that air conditioner up right now. Just don't die. (laughs) Please, I bet you're looking out the window, watching birds spontaneously combust outside that window right now. (laughs) Just... God dang. Uh, so, yeah, it's been pretty hot down here as well. Uh, but I'm an IT guy, so I work inside. Uh, well, actually, this past week, now that I think about it, Monday through Wednesday, I was doing inventory in border town, Mexico. So that was kind of hot. But it was in a warehouse, so it wasn't too terrible. 
So didn't get a really lot done over here. Always feel so distant. I try and try and pop out a couple memes while I'm doing inventory and stuff like that, but it just doesn't happen. There's too much uh too much going on too much going on at work wise. But anyway. So uh let's talk about some heresy against MD. How about that? Muscular dystrophy. Just Shane muscular dystrophy. Let's give an update on that. So if y'all remember last week, we talked about the telethon that was going to be going down on the twenty fourth of June, which was yesterday upon this recording, two days ago if you're listening on Monday, which was this will probably drop unless something tragic happens between the next like hour or so. But anyway. So during this telethon it was and hold on, let me let me let me pull up the list because I'll feel like an asshole if I forget somebody. I'm just gonna kind of ramble on a little bit until we can uh, get that list pulled up. Okay, so we had Freddie the Swede coming from Bringing Heresy Podcast. We had the Geno Five Two, the Road to Terra Podcast, the Eye of Horse Podcast, us, uh, Chris from the Bringing Heresy. The Covenant of Fire podcast. Jake, did you see Jake? Come, okay, we'll talk about him in a second. The Age of Darkness podcast. Kenny from the Combat Phase. The CZ Initiative podcast. The Imperial Truth podcast. The Northwest vodcast. And then Jody closed it up with Varangian Heresy. So what was this? Let's go ahead and explain what was going on. So this was a six-hour-long cast uh, live stream on Warhammer30k.com where you get to listen to all of your favorite podcasters if you listen to us i'm pretty sure you probably listen to all of the uh all of the other podcasts out there and if you don't know which ones we're talking about those are the ones i just went over um but they were on for six hours just answering questions talking about warhammer stuff just talking about you know different fluff arcs just everything you think of 30k on there for six hours and the entire time they were on there they were giving away prizes they were doing giveaways for you know uh the different podcasts had different things they were giving away i know at one point there was some books uh there was a stuff being donated left and right i know the warhound got added to the raffle it was insane so during this what the whole point of this telethon was to raise money for the research for uh, muscular dystrophy, specifically leading the fight to end uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy. So, for those of y'all that don't know, Freddie the Swede's son has muscular dystrophy. So he kind of leads the charge in raising money uh, for for research for this muscular dystrophy, and that's what exactly was going on. So, if you go to HeresyAgainstMD.com or RogalPorn.com. It'll lead you to a donation page, and at that donation page, you can donate $35, and that'll get you an entry to win a full night house, okay? And this is like an MKA-painted, fully-painted night house. It's a fantastic cause. Uh, I th believe a Warhound got added to this and everything like that. Anyway, during this telethon, we were... Throwing out different prizes they're, for they're like, doing three night houses. Did you say that? Yeah. Well, actually, I only said okay. one because I wasn't sure. But yeah, it is three night houses and a warhound, I believe. Uh, yeah, Freddie. I think Freddie's painting one. Uh, Stu from Geno Five Two is painting <clears throat> one, and MKA's painting one. It's fan fucking tastic. 
So you have a pretty good, solid chance of winning a night house at this point. Uh, so anyway, during this telethon, uh, they had a matching donator who was whatever y'all raised during the telethon. I will match this amount. And that was uh, the powerful fabricator general, John. And they managed to raise, I believe it was $2,500 during the cast. And since that was matched, hold on, I can tell you exactly how much that amount was. It was $2,520 is what was made during the telethon to fund the fight the research for muscular dystrophy uh so that was matched by the powerful fabricator general john and so altogether that's what five thousand forty dollars yep yes sir so super proud of our community guys like we i mean yeah prizes were thrown around people stepped up it was just it's so it's so nice to watch that little red thermometer grow and hitting its 85% mark yesterday and it's just something to be proud of the the the, the actual donation still going on right now uh, you can still every $35 you donate uh, gets you an entry $105 is kind of that sweet spot where it's like you get three tickets in there so definitely consider winning yourself a night house possibly a propane and war round uh, see what you can uh See what you can get done, guys. Just had to make sure we shout that out because that was something to be super proud about. Super proud of. So, and then, of course, we have some fucking hilarious conversations. If you want to go back uh, to Warhammer30k.com and go check out that uh, that telethon, we're, ha- we're having some good times on there. So, anyway. Ryan, tell us about your cultural exchange. Okay. So, you guys have been listening to the show for a while know that we used to do the spin the wheel thing, which we can bring that back. I gave Scott the wheel when I quit. Scott still has the wheel, so we could do that anytime. We Saturday. We could do that it's at coming the up. end of this I'm episode. bring it. Just remind me. Oh, okay. okay. So, anyway, we'll, we'll start that back up again. We just haven't done it in a while. But one of our listeners, uh, Craig Jones, who lives in Japan, I believe he's originally from Canada, um, but don't hold me to that, but I'm pretty sure that's where he's from. Craig can... Uh, uh, tell us if he's not, but I'm pretty sure he's originally from Canada, lives in Japan, and he sent me a cultural exchange package from Japan, and he wrote me a little uh, letter here. It says, I appreciate the work you do on the podcast and wanted to send you some of the best snacks Japan has to offer. So he sent me soybean and tofu cereal, uh, chocolate chip cookies, um, chocolate-covered coffee beans, Kratz bacon-flavored pretzels, uh, wasabi peas, black thunder chocolate bars, and these uh, Japanese cheese crackers. So we got that, and um, me and my wife went through and uh, tried everything. It was pretty good. Let me tell you a little so, story about some wasabi peas, buddy. Okay. If you're going to... First off, badass that you got all that cool fucking food from Japan, and none of it was noodly like I would expect. Um <laughs> but <laughs> but wasabi peas man i love them i had them at like a sushi restaurant a long time ago and ever since if i see them somewhere i grab a whole bag full of them and usually just make myself sick 
Uh, I like the whole like spicy things. I like uh, those lollipops that you get that are dipped in chili from uh, from Mexico, and definitely love me some wasabi peas. Uh, well, a couple weeks ago, I picked up a big old bag of wasabi peas and a, uh, an unhealthy large bag of wasabi peas. I took it to work one day, and I had two bottles of smart water. And starting from like 8 a.m. to like 5 p.m., I decided, you know, I'm just going to eat with some wasabi peas. Lunch comes around. I don't need lunch. I got wasabi peas. I'll just keep eating wasabi peas. So I'm guessing at some point in this whole, my entire work day, I just made a slurry of like peas, wasabi, and water in my gut. And by, I don't know, I'd say 1130 at night, it all came out. And it was just like a... <laughs> probably like the mo- the worst cleansing I've ever had in my life. It was <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like my daily life on this diet right now. That's pretty much it's pretty much how I live and operate. I mean, I probably should have if I had anal glands, they would be broken. That would have broke my oh, ass. Man. <laughs> God damn, I don't wish that on anyone. <laughs> it was like 11:30 to like 2:30 in the morning was just hell on wheels, man. It's just a bad time. So, yeah, if you're going to eat wasabi peas, just don't eat a whole bag and drink just straight water with it. <laughs> You'll have a bad day. So, so my favorite thing out of here was the Black Thunder chocolate bars. So, despite sounding like... An aphrodisiac? I, <laughs> I don't know what... The, they sound like a African-American porn star... Or like a wrestler, like a, a mask wrestler, like Black Thunder, coming to the ring, Black Thunder. Black Thunder. But, it's uh, still like the name of a dick pill you can buy over the counter at a gas station. Yeah. yeah. No, Black that's Thunder. Thunder. I, that's what Black I was thinking, because we, like, that's, yeah, <laughs> Black Thunder. <laughs> anyway. Pretty sure that's yeah. what John Jones pissed hot for, taking Black Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Four extra oh, inches, so Black Thunder. Black Thunder. So, but uh, those things were really good. They were kind of like a dark chocolate Twix bar. Is the closest thing. Like if you like Twix, that's kind of what they taste like. How cautious um, were you about eating them? Were you like, because obviously, oh, no, I like obviously the label didn't just say Black Thunder. Like it like was probably all written Japanese. No, it said. I think it said it was Japanese, but I think it said Black Thunder in in English on it too. Um, my second favorite thing was the uh, bacon flavored pretzels they were really good they were like pretzels that had a really smoky bacon flavor Um, I think Emily what was your favorite thing Uh, I like the chocolate covered coffee beans but I'm obsessed with anything chocolate and coffee so yeah those sound great so thank you Craig it was really awesome and uh, I've put together some stuff to mail you back so we, we actually just got back from the store uh, we shot a little biscuits and gravy video we can talk about or not talk about or whatever, but we went to go get the ingredients for that. And while we were there, I picked up all the stuff for Craig to send back. Hell yeah, dude. That's super exciting. What are you, uh, what are you going to send him? What's going to go in the exchange package? Do you know yet? We got combos. Um, I found these almonds. They're from blue diamond and they're, habanero and barbecue flavored almonds they are the shit did you ever go get some of those scott yeah man yeah kroger kroger carries like all the 
blue diamond like flavors there's a bunch yeah. of them i bought those uh the other day they're really good yeah i really. took them to work and everybody at work loves them too so i bought him a can of those um so combos those a uh, cheese it's the sampler pack of cheese it's again so i'll send you some of those i got him some kettle corn i got him the traditional kettle corn and the aged cheddar uh popcorn and then we bought a big bag of the half size uh, Butterfinger bars. So I'll send him a bunch. Oh, and get some gravy flavored potato chips from Lay's. <laughs> How appropriate. What about cookie yeah. butter? You can throw some cookie butter in there. Oh, uh, we could. Yeah, we. I didn't buy any of that, but I could go get some. I finally ate that the other day. It's Ch- good, isn't it? Changed my life. Changed so my good. whole life. Emily brought that home, and I'm like, what is this stuff? Uh, uh, did you hear that? She was just going to put it inside cake? <laughs> Say that again. I used it as a filling inside of a cake, and it was amazing. I could not imagine that inside oh, of something. Oh, like... That sounds that sounds formidable. Oh, <laughs> man. Jesus, I would fucking tear El- that. Elite icing inside, like, it just... Oh man! It'd be one of those things where we would leave Scott alone with it, and we'd come back in and be stripped down to his tidy whities with, <laughs> and he'd be laying on the floor, and for whatever reason, he would have chocolate smeared on his belly and on his face, and that's the only two places. <laughs> cried, cried. cried. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, it'd be perfect. So that sounds great. What's next on the list? The hobby aprons. So about these hobby aprons, fellas. So these went out last, what, Saturday? Yeah, I mailed them out last Saturday. And then Monday I got to go down south and my roommate let me know that all of the hobby aprons were back at my front door. And... So I'm just going to just express a little cautionary tale with you fellas. So although they offer two types of envelopes out there at the USPS, uh, do not use the blue envelopes that are USPS Priority Mail Express to mail things Priority Mail, even if they're out. So that's where I fucked up because I went and just stuffed all these in there and I marked out the express because I was like, eh, you don't got the priority mail envelope, so I'll just go ahead and sharpie out all the uh, express portions of it. Shipped 10 aprons out and uh, all, all 10 of them came back to me. And they, I called them and let them know. I was like, hey guys, y'all were out of envelopes. And they're like, ah, well, sorry, we can't. Nothing we can do about it. Just cut out your postage and resend them. So... All you listeners out there that got these uh, sweet, sweet-ass hobby aprons, uh, they got delayed, but good news is they're, they're back out. They got shipped out uh, earlier today, so should be proud of that. Be happy about that. I had to go cut out each and every one of those little postage things and retape it to another envelope, so that kind of sucked, but at least I didn't have to repay for postage again or use that fucking machine again because 10 different transactions on that machine is garbage, so... <laughs> a real pain in the ass because you cannot bulk them up. You've got to swipe your card every fucking time. So. What do we got next on the list here? Uh, Pineapple story. That's all you, Scott. Okay. So 
like I was um it's kind of weird to talk about a podcast on a podcast but I I was listening to a uh, Joe Rogan's like trip review about going to uh it's I think the island's name is Lanai in Hawaii and he yep. was there hunting axis deer. Oh yeah. And he was yeah, well that island was specifically like before before they uh started using it I guess as a tourist destination and a hunting ground was a pineapple plantation and it reminded me of a story my wife had told me once upon a time so she used to work at Denny's with this chick and uh outside of a military base I was stationed at and my wife would bring her lunch in she was a hostess so she would just kind of eat whenever there wasn't you know people around and uh she had a piece of fruit or something that had a dole sticker on it you know like d-o-l-e the the fruit manufacturer and she she pulled out whatever it was to start eating it and her fellow co-worker this other girl started like gagging and she feels like are you okay and she's like oh i can't help it i just have that reaction when i see that company's logo anywhere she was like well what like it's not a remarkable logo why and she was like well one time, when I was a child, me and my family were visiting the Dole Pineapple Plantation in you know, Hawaii. I, I don't know if that was the specific island she was at or whatever, but... So, I guess she was there, and her, her brother, they were walking through, like, the pineapple groves, and her brother had, like, strayed from the group and wandered off and got hit by a combine... It was harvesting stuff and ground up and spewed out all over a bunch of pineapples. So now every time she sees a dull pineapple sticker, that's what she thinks of. How fucked up is that, man? <laughs> Scott, <laughs> that story went from like zero to 100. <laughs> like, what thinking the- about that as I was telling it, I was like, how am I going to lead into this? <laughs> And I thought you if did I it. Make it more theatrical. It's only going to make it worse when he gets hit by. So he led into it like pulling a fucking bandaid off. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck it, man. I just got to throw out how, why she would not like the specific fruit company. <laughs> I I thought because they ground up her brother and blew it all over the fruit. <laughs> yeah, ground up her brother. <laughs> fucking turned him into compost. Blew him all over the farm. Yeah, yeah. So. Did they sell those pineapples? Like what? Like what? I guess you just go out there with the hose and blow them off. Yeah, I mean, Elizabeth was like, "Man, well, I mean, I didn't. I was more cautious about my produce selection after that." But yeah, man, I have so many fucking questions. Like it's not even fair. Like I can't. I can't <laughs> process. You just. You just hit us. Like it wasn't even like. There was no fucking lead up for that. They were just walking and boom, combine got him. <laughs> just yeah, bam, boom. like a fucking predator. Wow. That goes to show you, kids, stay with the group on field trips. I mean, <laughs> yeah. god damn it. It's not fun. even like Willy Wonka where you turn blue and they have to roll you away. It literally oh. like grinds you up into a paste that's and blows you all over. Got it. There's, there's, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's nothing. Like It's one of those points where it's like do we call an ambulance no <laughs> like don't waste their time please he got ground yeah, they said it was the a real fucking up. mess like a real 
fucking mess. And I'm sure, like, this probably was the last thing out of their body. But they're like, are we going to have to pay for that cop buy? Like, what, <laughs> what are we going to have to do? It's not graded to grind up femurs and stuff, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, you'd have to... I've heard of them, like, think, grinding that would be up like a, and stuff. Well, but that's... I don't know, man. People, you can't just have a, a cop boy. that Not people, a not a man. A boy. Yeah. Well, whatever. You can't... I don't know how old he was, but... I mean, fuck it. He was small enough to fit into a... Uh, fucking in in the well, Disney God, fairy tale that was going on in my mind until you fucking turned it into for some Freddy Krueger shit. He was a boy, okay? <laughs> like they were walking, holding hands, and the next thing you know, fucking dark. It went dark. <laughs> Dude, you know me. You you. It's like going to the movie store and seeing the fucking box art on the VHS. You know what you're getting. <laughs> I have a story. Was it? Is it Universal Soldier? Or there's a movie where he like John Claude gets fucking kicked into the combine by John Claude. That yeah, day. yeah, oh, it's yeah. the first Universal Soldier, isn't it? Yep, sure is. Yeah, my brother-in-law got caught in a combine one time, like his shirt did, and it was pulling him in. Oh, <laughs> lord! And he said it was like he he came inside like shirtless, and my sister was like, "Where the fuck is your shirt?" It's like it got caught in the combine. She's like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, it was probably the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life, ever done in my life. Just slowly getting pulled in by like if he was if my shirt hadn't a torn, <laughs> you would have had a big one." Today we're gonna have to have an industrial accidents episode where we go over those because me and Ryan talked about them and we got some fucking. Good we were gonna sit the end of the eye of horse. We were going oh, to man. the idea, the original idea, because I've been been around a lot or been told of a lot or seen the aftermath of a lot working yeah. at working at IPL and my dad working at the brick plant and then Scott's been around some so we were going to come up with the six best real ones and then create six fake ones and then have Tim and Michael read them out and then people had to guess what were the real ones and what were the fake ones fantastic did I to give you a little a little teaser because it We'll probably end up doing this one day. I used to work at a glass factory. So I, oh <laughs> man, I see some fucked up shit in there. Uh, okay, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to send no, that I'm home. No, I'm not going to fucking waste <laughs> it. I'm not going to burn them. Oh, Jesus. Well, let's go to something, I guess, a little bit more light. <laughs> and tell us about your Joe Rogan experience there, Ryan. Okay, so should we win this all the way back to Daytona? Well, I think you need to. Okay, so your history with tickets. Okay, so this all started, we hadn't been dating a real long time. And uh, we got tickets to the Daytona 500. And we flew all the way down to Florida. And got all, you know, we were staying in Orlando. So it's like an hour drive or a little over an hour drive to get to the Daytona Speedway to watch the 500. Plus, there's all kinds of traffic, and it's a real fucking nightmare to park. So we went through all that. We drove through the parking lot, paid to park, got in the parking lot, started to get on the like shuttle bus to take you to the gate to get in, and she goes gets in her purse to get the tickets out, and she's left the tickets in Orlando on the table. <laughs> so by the time that you get get back to the car, get out of the parking lot, 
drive all the way back to Orlando, get the tickets. We turned on the TV and it was already like the third or fourth lap of the race. Then you'd have to drive like an hour and a half back, you know, go through all the fucking nightmarish parking scenario and to get parked, get on the shuttle bus. Like, so it was like, this wasn't going to happen. So anyway, whenever we discovered we didn't have the tickets, I'm like, you got the tickets. She's just like digging through her purse, like frantically. And I'm like, tell me you have the tickets. She just starts crying. She didn't even like say anything. She just started <laughs> crying. <laughs> so at that point, I was like, I mean, I wasn't happy about the situation, but I wasn't like super pissed. And she was upset. And I knew that she was upset. So it wasn't like I was going to yell at her or throw a fit about it. So we just like rolled with it. So we ended up going back to the hotel and just um, watching it there. So anyway, ever since then, I always give her a hard time about tickets. So every time we have an event, I always ask her like three times, do you have the tickets? Yes. And then we, um, whenever we get to the, like halfway, I'm like, do you have the tickets in the car? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, okay. So anyway, last night going to Joe Rogan, I did the ticket thing. And she's like, yes, they're on my phone. I'm like, okay, cool. So we get there and we go through secure. Okay, we need to okay. So when the whole we found out Joe Rogan was coming here, I texted you and I said, Do you want to go to this? Because I'm neutral on it. Like, if you want to go, just take care of the tickets. Like, I don't want any part of it because of my history. Like, I just am washing my hands of the situation. Fair enough. So, very smart. I never heard any more about it. So, we were like at a bar one night with his friends, and I had had a couple of drinks. And Ryan goes, Did you ever order those tickets? And I said, No, because I told you to do it. And he goes, Well, get on your phone and order them. So, after I had like two or three beers, like I'm ordering these tickets. And so, I'll let you tell the rest of the okay. story. So, we get through security, we stand in line, go all the way through the line, get through security, get to the people scanning tickets. So, they scan our ticket. And it, like, the little thing, like, throws the big red X. Like, ding, like, makes the wrong noise. Like, it's not accepting the ticket. And it won't, won't you know, accept either ticket. So we were like, what the fuck? And they go, well, is this for the earlier show? Did you, are you, were you supposed to be there? And they look, and it's the right time. So they're like, no, it's not the early show. So they go, go to this other door. So we went over to this other door, and it wouldn't take it either. So then they sent us to a third door. That wouldn't take it either. So the, finally, the guy was like, you're just going to have to go over here to the box office. So we had to go back through security, back through all that, and we go to the box office. So we give it to the box office lady, and they're trying to figure it out. It won't scan. They're doing all this checking and all this stuff. Come to find out, she had bought tickets for the night before in Minnesota. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, Emily. So, Damn. <laughs> so we were like, fuck. And we were like, so is the show sold out, or do they still have tickets? And they're like, no, nah, you still have tickets. So... We had to spend another $100, so we doubled. It was a $250 uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, $250 Joe Rogan comedy show for us to go. Fuck. Man, Joe, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Was it worth it? Yeah, it was funny, but I told Ryan, I said, this is 100% my fault, but I told you to fucking order these tickets. I wanted no part of it. Did you hear that? So even when it's 100% your wife's fault, it's still your fault. Yeah, it was, I mean... Fair. That's how marriage blame. works. I don't know. It's all you, Ryan. <laughs> you should have just bought them. Is it worth it? Yeah, it was really funny. So Scott should have came. I don't know why you didn't come, Scott. I know. I fucking totally dropped. I dropped the ball twice yesterday. I dropped the ball being too drunk to figure out how to log on to the telethon, and I dropped the ball 
I'm going to Joe Rogan. Because so. they still had tickets. You could have uh, sat with us. Um, it was a really, really, really good show. I know. Um, it's new stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, all new material. So he'll do a special yeah. down the road with this material in it. So well, it was called Strange Things, right? Uh, Stranger Times. Stran- Stranger Times or Stranger Things or something like that. But uh, uh, when you guys see that come up on Netflix or however he markets it, definitely get it. It's really fucking funny. It's a Netflix special, right? Well, it's not out yet. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's on, it, they're filming it right now, right? Is that what they're doing? I didn't know that. Yeah. I think he said, I think he said he was going to film it on his last stop, like whatever the last stop of this tour is. Okay. Well, it's it's definitely worth the watch. It's really fucking funny. He's got a bit, the bit about inventing things. Had my fucking wife was dying about things women have invented and things men that have invented, and the bit about uh, the ma- finding magazines in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking classic. That's usually that's how he wrapped it up. So I'm not gonna give away the bits, but uh, we were fucking dying. The bit about the bit about inventing things. I looked over at my wife and she was literally crying in her seat. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> Super cool, man. Super cool, and glad you got to go, man. That could have ended yeah. badly. <laughs> yeah, I like how they the still, comedian like, was... scanned it. There's like, hmm, something's yeah. weirds going on. I was laughing too because they had a translator at the theater, like doing uh, sign language. Which I guess was it like something that they like it was something that Indiana for whatever provided. So I was dying laughing because the comedian that was before Joe is this black guy and he's telling a lot of like racial jokes or you know semi racist jokes and he was dying laughing because he was he was saying these jokes about black people and this black <laughs> fucking. Um, sign language translator guy was happened to re-say it so he's like i i get to stay up here stand up here and say all this fucked up shit and my brother over here has to repeat it (laughs) (laughs) he was like made a bit out of it and then he told a joke about marshawn lynch Mm -hmm. and was looking at the guy and he goes he goes so how do you say marshawn in sign language and the guy did this thing and he's like ah that's bullshit you just made that up that ain't even real (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so funny (laughs) <laughs> that's real. That's a that's a real question I'd have too. <laughs> so I can't remember that first guy's name, but he was funny too. He's on that uh that new Netflix show about comedians about the comedy store that takes place in the seventies that Joe and them have been talking about. He's one of yeah, the stars yeah. of yeah, that. I'm dying up here. I'm dying up here. Yeah. yeah, he's on that show. Nice. But he's uh, Joe Rogan's opening act. That's awesome. It's not Madrigal, is it? No? No. It's a black, a younger black guy. All right. Looks like he's in his mid-20s, maybe. Uh, 30s. All right. Well, badass, dude. What about some hobby progress? What are we looking at hobby progress-wise? Who's going first? Uh, I don't have a lot, so I guess I'll, I'll go first. Uh, considering half my week I was in Mexico... Uh, I didn't get a lot done, but when I did come home, I hit it hard on my Alpha Legionnaires. So I've been slamming getting those guys ready, tabletop quality. Uh, I did while I was in, you know, the deep south, the deep, deep south. You know, I, I like to uh, spend most Elf? of my time. 
Huh? No. L South? Hell? Is that yeah. what you were trying oh, to say? Oh, yeah, hell? hell. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> I got to hear all the Plus. stories while I was down south about, like, uh, it's funny because, like, when you're down south, they're like, ah, it's not that bad. Oh, but you definitely don't want to go to that area. I was like, then it's bad. Like, if you have areas that you won't even go to when you live here, it's fucking bad. Like, that's how it works. But, uh, uh, so while I was down there, I was just steadily spending my overtime money that I was earning that day while I was down there on, uh, on my, uh, on my nights. So I was ordering a bunch of third party kits. I was, uh, getting Comrade Quiche to pull some stuff out of, uh, retirement that he no longer had in his shape ways. I was trying to get him to. Well, I did. I got him to to re re enable it for printing and stuff like that because uh, I have this grand scheme for an Imperial Knight Army that will eventually grace grace this podcast. That should most of that shit should be in this coming week, I would imagine. So definitely look forward to hearing about that. But <laughs> besides that, man, that's all pretty much all I had. So I I don't know if we'll. You guys can see it or not. Built all those buildings right there. You see them? Oh, yeah. All of those AF buildings. And then the ones up on that shelf there, too. I know you can't. It's the not the not the very top, but the one below it. There's a, that whole shelf of buildings. So I built all those MDF buildings. And then I started on this, uh, like, a scrap fort. You could almost call it, like, an orc fort or whatever. So all that stuff is for the Michigan GT event that I'm doing for Dark Age, but it'll also be for 30K too. So I'm killing two birds with one stone and making terrain for both games. And then I built um, all this Dark Age crap here. I'm sending a lot of it to Samson to paint. Or not a lot, but some of it, like 15 models of it. A hefty amount. Going straight over yeah. to Mr. Black Label Painting, Mr. Dan yep. Samson himself. So- so Samson's going to paint some of that. So Oh, and I also got in my Ramshackle Games order. So now I have everything I need except for the bases to do my Krieg Militia Army for Adepticon next year. So That's- as soon as I'm done with this as soon as I'm done with this terrain, I'm going to start working on that. You're going to have to have something to show off for fucking Eye of Horus to to see, man. How fucking crazy uh, is that shit? What do you mean? They you raised enough money hurt. to to come down to Adepticon next year. Oh, they did. Oh, you Those didn't hear. Sexy that? bitches are on their way, man. No, I didn't. I know I was part of that, but I didn't know if that was revealed yet or not. Yes, oh, I wasn't saying anything. Absolutely, they, they're on the Facebook page yeah. and all that. They were actually talking about it last night on the telethon. Uh, so, for those of you that don't know, in the Eye of Horus podcast group on Facebook. Uh, they had a little a little pool to pull together four thousand dollars to four thousand dollar dues to uh, to get the Eye of Horus boys to Adepticon two thousand eighteen, and just within you know like I would say like seventy two hours, there was enough money pulled together to get them here. So they will be here two thousand eighteen Adepticon. Super fucking excited about that. And uh, we asked them last night what armies they were going to be bringing. And uh, Michael said that he was going to have a secret list that he was not going to reveal until Adepticon. So, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. So make sure your Krieg army's a uh, all-comer and can fight that Custos list that Michael's going to throw on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
my Krieg army uh, rule like tabletop gameplay wise is going to be pretty fucking terrible. But <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. It's all it's it's more about looks for this army 100. percent Like hey man, I wanted regular humans unite. We're fucking doing it. I'll bring yeah, Solar Ox. You bring the Krieg. The army's not going to be good. Like it's just not it's not a good list. <laughs> I love dude. I dude. That is my hands down like my favorite type of list making. Like that list that I sent you. I sent that into the new Legion of Lies podcast. Uh, I sent that in to try to get some like ideas on like what a night list would be like for construction worker nights. And I was like, listen, I was like, this does not have to be competitive. I was like, I want most players to feel confident playing against this list. <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> I just want it to be fun as fuck for me and to be fun as fuck for whoever I'm playing against. So I get it, man. That's probably like the best way to, to approach these lists. It's just I literally just picked pick models I wanted to use and models I wanted to paint up and things like cuz I'm custom building those two gorgons and I'm custom building my two Proteus Land Raiders. So I just like and I've had these Creed guys sitting around forever and I've loved the models and I've just never done anything with them. So um yeah, that's where it went. If I wanted to do something more competitive that still looked good, I guess I could change gears and do my uh I have a, a Last of the Serrated Sun word bearer list I could do, um, which you guys have seen my word bearer before, but this particular list would require, I'd have to, I'm building a demon dreadnought. Remember that Leviathan you talked about, building a yes. de- demonic Fuck Leviathan? Yes. I've been the waiting that, for you to the do one that needs this to, That's waiting for you to make, yeah. Yeah, so I have all the stuff to build that, and then I have to paint, I think, five drop pods, <clears> and then I'd have to paint some more Galvor back and then a bunch more veterans and then create a like a cool like Galvor back captain model. So although I've taken my word bearers to Adepticon before about 75% of this list would be new stuff that I'd have to build and paint. So it'd be the same paint scheme and whatever, but it'd be a totally different list with totally new units. So I could do, do that or militia. I don't, I'm not gonna have time to finish both. The, Last of the Serrated Sun list would be far more competitive, but it would also be like the third year in a row I took some type of drop pod list to Adepticon. I like how you think about that. Like, you consider that as like, oh, this would be the third year I took a drop pod army. And... Well, the first year I took a mix, like for the, the narrative, I took just my word bears, but it's like a, it was just one one drop pod and then everything else is on the ground. So I wouldn't call that a drop pod list. And then the competitive, I took my orbital assault salamanders. And then for zone mortalis, I took my trader militia last year. I took my, uh, God damn it. Black shields, yep. which is all drop. So I was kind of looking for something that wasn't, that was more just like a traditional list. So I fell upon militia I have my Blood Angels. I've not taken them yet, but they're already done, so it doesn't really give me like a project to work on for Adepticon because the Blood Angels are done. I'm taking my Blood Angels to Nova, so the Graying Legion guys will get to see them there anyway. But what do you guys think? Should I do the Word Bearers, the Serrated Sun, or should I do the Militia? The Militia. Army? Militia. Sold. Okay. Done. All right. Well, that's, that's what it'll be then. Dude, I can't wait for Adepticon. Like, last year was so badass, and now the Horse dudes are coming. I'm going to slip Michael a fucking sexy Bill Cosby drink, see if his <laughs> hair is as soft as it is in my dreams. It's going to be fucking awesome. 
<laughs> You're not a U.S. citizen. You can't apply for any kind of restraint. So what's the plan? Like, how long have they said how long they're going to be over here? Because I was talking to Tom Gold because he was one of the main guys that got it rolling. Yeah. He was the guy that reached out to me. And um, he was asking me about Adepticon tickets and all that. And I, I was giving him different options because he said he wasn't even sure 100% if they wanted to do Adepticon or if they were wanting to do something else. The t he basically just put the, the plane tickets or just to get them to America and they got to choose what event that they wanted to go to. So I guess when they actually chose Adepticon. I can only imagine that they chose Adepticon. I, I do not know of another event that they would go to. Well, we're doing Stiff Camp next year, aren't we? Yeah. So... I don't know. Like that's uh I don't I, I feel like Stiff Camp would be great for them to go to, but I think Adepticon would be the bit like the more like you need to experience that type of thing. You have to go to Adepticon and then it's like Well, once, well, we, I offered... once we get two or three Stiff Camps down, then we can bring them down for like once <laughs> <laughs> once it's once So it's I don't flowing. I don't know what So what's the plan for, Are you doing the same thing as you did last year where Stiff is the week before? Or no, are we not doing that again? No, uh, this year Stiff Four, uh, this coming up year Stiff Four will be at Comic Palooza, which is a couple weeks after Adepticon. Okay. But but <laughs> obviously, uh, so I think because we're gonna do the caravan, like the that we're gonna be doing a road to Adepticon again this coming up year where we'll all drive to Adepticon. So I don't see why they wouldn't fly into Texas. We drive well, up to thing. Indiana. I okay. Because I offered them the same thing where they could fly into Indianapolis and yeah. drive up with me. That they could do whatever. Yeah. As long as we get... Like, we can go from Texas... To Tennessee, because so the good thing about this is like we won't have to take off like an entire week like we did for Stiff Adepticon, but we still could take off just like you know like Monday through s like Wednesday and get them to Texas, drive them through like Tennessee to go see like you know all of our boys in Tennessee, and then go to Indiana from there hang out with you for a bit like because we can take them well, shooting even, down here and then take even, them shooting in even Indiana. if yeah even if after adepticon if they wanted to stay a little after adepticon they could we could adepticon and then they could ride with me back to indiana and hang out with me for however many days and then just leave from indianapolis airport if they to, if they come up there i will bring so many guns we're going to fucking exercise the shit out of that Second Amendment if they come out Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Scott, I, I got a whole pile of guns, too, and then Chris Duncan's got quite a bit, too. So, yeah. Yeah, there's... So, I think I think it's funny how, like, we're both get like, to, get oh, the Aussies are coming? Little Freedom Virgins fucking Freedom Cherries, man. It'll yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, well yeah, Michael, yeah. Michael's shot some guns before. He's in the military. Yeah. But, but Tim, that's... We'll throw a 50 Beowulf at him. Life. Ryan yeah. can throw his 50 BMG at him. I mean, we just take him to town. Just just go to work. I just built, literally this weekend, I built a, a giant plate stand that we hung all his plates on. Just dropped it off at the shooting range because uh, I was getting tired of shooting plate paper. So, and it'll be a good-ass time. 
Oh. Plus, they've got to experience all the Texas stuff. They've got to experience some Texas barbecue and everything like that. And then they got to experience all the Indiana stuff, like tenderloin and biscuits and gravy and just... Can't not all I can bring is like alcohol and alimony payments, man. That's all we do <laughs> well here at Kitsaki. So marijuana and methamphetamine. Yeah, fucking hard drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready, Jeff. I go prepare yourselves. <laughs> they didn't even make it to Adepticon. Fucking Michael already hawked his new army for fucking <laughs> for <laughs> good old fashioned crystal. <laughs> yeah. Lindbergh County's finest, baby. That's right. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> if they if they can set aside a day, all they can go squatching. We'll we'll set up a. There's we got so many big parks and stuff here. We can go on a hike and then go look for Sasquatch. And I, I can take them to the haunted Sasquatch Cemetery. That's 15 minutes from my house. You have to take them to the Death Hill. You've got to take them to that hill. The yeah, <laughs> the Death Hill. Like I think, I think hands the down. The tiger. We can take them to go see the tiger place. Oh yeah, they would fucking like that. They like big cats and shit. There's just so much good things that could come of this. Like it's, like I feel uh, it's so funny how like schoolgirls were all excited, like trying to trying to find an itinerary for them. (laughs) Like I have to take them to the fucking Forge World booth, and I'm gonna stand those two in front of them, and I'm gonna grab a Forge World crony and be like, "Look up my order history." These two guys right here are who you have to thank for that. <laughs> Look at my name. Your mortgage, I fucking basically paid for it because of these guys. Oh, so good. So I can't I can't remember what we were talking about that made us go. Hobby progress, oh, I think. Hobby progress, uh, hobby yeah. Progress. We we're talking about Depticon and you bringing your yeah, you were, Yeah. So the, I guess I'll start on my, I guess I'll do my militia then. Good. I, I approve of this message. Only because I love seeing some death corpse on the table. So what'd you finish, Scott? I have just finished pinwatching these Lehman Russ. So they're almost done. After this, all I have is a I put riser rust on it, like the GW technicals. I put that on there, uh the oxide paint, and then do Deckles and airbrush effects like burnt barrels, heat relief, all that good stuff. And then that's it, man. That's all I have to hobby on for a little while. So I am saving my fucking shekels for Titanicus and all that good stuff. And, you know, any other impulse shit that might come out in the meantime. That's about it, man. Um, Fuck, I I wish my laptop is like glued to my desk. I would show you guys like shit i got going on right now i'm gonna get you to try either dark age or battle tech with us there we go there we go what's that. probably dark age is if you're gonna do titanicus it's kind of the same as battle tech similar yeah. yeah what's the uh what's the the date on titanicus like when are we expecting that i don't know i know they like they had quite a bit about it out on uh at the warhammer fest thing um i don't know that they announced any dates but they just kind of they, they have, like, a slide with general information. It's based on the heresy. The scale I think they're doing it in is 8 millimeter, so a little bigger than the original. Like, I remember Epic back in the day, and, uh, like, the a, a Warlord Titan was approximately the size of, like, a box dreadnought is now, and it's, but it's going to be bigger than that. Um, 
rule book wise, I think they're supposed. I I had at least heard this is all subjective, but I I had at least heard they're going to do like a black book, right. you know, the books one through seven for the heresy. So that's pretty badass. And uh, I've always like I've owned a lot of knights and warhound. I've owned a warhound and stuff, things like that. I've painted and built a reaver for a commission. Um, I've always wanted a more practical use to have those big ass models because I had a tight, like a night house of seven nights and I never got to play it because it, it's kind of an unwieldy thing. And it's kind of hard to bring an army like that to a pickup game because, you know, if someone's not ready for it, they might not enjoy playing against something like that. So I'm really stoked that this is going to be a game system. That's going to kind of give us the, Ability to move around those big badass models and you know enjoy them in a scale that I've I've always said that like it's cool I guess it's cool that they make a warlord titan model but yeah, we've talked yeah. about many times on the show it's like it's, it's not kind practical of just, like I, no. mean, I don't I'm never gonna get like I I love painting and assembling obviously you know that's probably my favorite part of the hobby but I want to get everything I can out of my investment and I I I sold those knights because I never felt like I ever got to play them enough. Yeah. So I'm. Um, that's my. That's why I guess Titanicus appeals to me like a whole bunch. Is it's going to give us the ability to you know play with those big ass models in a way that is you know manageable. You know, not unwieldy. Right. And um, I'm sure they're the models are going to look dope. They're they're doing them all, and uh, they showed a, a Warlord Titan like to scale. They had 3D printed, and if it's anything close to that, that'll be badass. I'll be ready to fucking hit that hard. I'm I'm really hoping that uh these units that they're making in Titanicus, I hope that you assemble them in some way. Because I just think of the possibility of like three D modelers making third party like upgrades. Like, you know, it's like, oh, that's a Mars pattern warlord. Right. Go ahead and boom, now it's a Lucius pattern because a third party made this or you know, I, r- I really hope that they, they make them assembled, not just like solid resin blocks that you assemble that you know, that are static. There's no yeah. way they will. There's no yeah. way they will. No way they will what? Make it not static? Make them... Yeah, they're, they're 100% going to make them where you have to build a model. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine there'll be a, a pretty diverse multi-part kit. Now, I think it might be resin, but I I really don't... One thing I did notice, I just assembled a storm hammer and painted it not too long ago. And the quality on that thing, when I got it out of the bag, was fucking perfect. Like I did, I had to take not to a gun barrel, not anything. Did I have to take a hair dryer to straighten it out? And they have a little certificate they're putting in the bags where somebody like initials off on it is a quality control check. So they've been uh, doing that for a while. Yeah, maybe I'm just fucking tuned out. But it, uh, I think it'll be pretty, pretty badass. I'll look forward to it. So. Me too. I'm super looking forward to that. So I guess that's it for hobby progress. Everybody's good. Yes, Everybody sir. got their got their hobby progress out there. Y'all ready for some voicemails? I'm ready. Yeah, for let's do voicemails. it. Okay. So let's go ahead and knock this one out. So this is a three-parter. Uh, so I'm sorry if it comes out of order. Let me hear this one first real quick. Because... Sometimes when y'all leave multiple voicemails, they come out of order. I don't know why. Okay, so I think this might be 
yeah, I think we're good here. And so, and uh, non-comp. Uh, you guys were asking about worst jobs uh, a week or two ago, and I think the worst job and best job is and so in a uh, non-combat arms um, position. You have all this authority, and you get to do all kinds of cool stuff with your guys and for your guys, and then you get to do really dumb stuff that's funny. But then it becomes a workshop when you have a soldier <coughs> that won't take a shower. Imagine if you would, you're in Iraq, and you have access to showers and laundry facilities where someone else washes and folds your clothes for you. All you have to do is just drop it off and pick it up and find a way to where you eat. I had a soldier that would not take a shower and would not drop off all his laundry. So he had just had all the sweat-drenched um, laundry underneath his fucking bed. And this guy was a fat fucker. I mean, <laughs> he was fat and dumb as shit. <laughs> so we had to... Take, go to the shower, split down, make sure he would, went into the shower, spend at least five to ten minutes in the shower, making what sound like washing noises, and to get out, and then turn in his laundry for six months. That's literally the worst fucking job ever. Uh, I got a few other um, alcohol stories in Korea I'll give y'all. Oh, <laughs> Okay. So is that true, Scott? Did, you, did y'all have y'all's clothes washed? Oh, yeah, them? man. Fucking dirty birds. The military is a lot like prison, man. Like, everyone reacts to it differently. And there's definitely those guys that are just like, I'm just not going to shower. You know, I'm fucking... I can't... <laughs> and that is the perfect, like, example of how you handle shit in the military. You handle it with the most simplest possible correction, no matter how painful it is, because it's not left open to any sort of interpretation. Like, it can't be fucked up. It's so easy. So, I could see, yeah, oh yeah. I could <laughs> probably make someone do that shit before. I mean, I just don't remember it, so. It's like, I need you to go fucking shower, please. <laughs> like, go, yeah. go shower and drop your six months worth of clothes off, please. Like how that's so fucking gross. He goes, he was a fat yeah. In basic, I I was fucking. There's this dude named. I hope he's out there too. His name was Radcliffe, and he would never shower or in like. It got to where they would make him. You know, someone would have to like toss his ass in there and all that. But he did. He like started getting skin lesions and stuff. It was fucked up, man. Did just it, like Dale. It's just like a <laughs> episode of Locked Up. It's. <laughs> is it is it because y'all had to like shower like publicly like it was, was that the issue yeah i guess maybe he had a fucking mutated dick or something <laughs> and didn't want people to see it but i don't know man it was fucking horrendous oh my goodness all right so apparently he's got some more stories for us this comes from mr lehman russ himself so. Oh fuck! Here <laughs> we go. <laughs> hey, it's uh, Troy. So, first time I ever drank um, alcohol was in Korea. Um, the legal drinking age at the time in Korea for U.S. soldiers was twenty, and I happened to be twenty. I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's get fucking shit face." First time I got shit face with the platoon, um, I was doing really, really good. Until I hit this stuff called soju. It's a rice, rice brine 
kind of, and when you drink a few of it, if you're sitting down, it's like, whatever, this shit's weak, you're all weak, your fucking face is stupid. <laughs> the moment you stand up, that's when the whole fucking world spins and you usually got on your ass or you're stumbling everywhere. I didn't know about this. So I drank a whole bunch of soldiers calling everyone bitches. <laughs> Stood up off this um, bar stool. Everything fucking spun. I fell down. Three days later, I woke up in my barracks room with, uh, with like a uh, towel that said uh, Daegu. And I live in Inchon area. Oh, not Inchon, uh, Anjanri area. So that was like area three, and that's all the way down south in area five. So somehow I made it down there and back, and I don't remember three days of my life. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I've, you know, that would be a surprising story coming from anyone else. But I feel like that's just how Troy rolls, man. That's just what he does. He just goes to Korea, talks a bunch of shit, and then three days of his life go missing after he's... Oh, man. He that's lives, real. like, pretty close around here, doesn't he? Doesn't he, he lives in Ohio. Close? What the fuck doesn't he ever come to any of our events? Uh, no, I'm asking. Damn it, Troy. You got all this time to chase hookers, to drink soju, but John Tyrone's going to play here and see with us. Come yeah. on, He's man. too busy uh, taking care of those sweet, sweet huskies he has and yeah. uh, fixing his koi pond. So <laughs> <laughs> his backyard's fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And he, he paints can bring great. his dogs here as long as they're friendly around people. You can bring them. I don't give a shit. There's probably a couple of people we'd be cool with them attacking anyway. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, a few. <laughs> we'll maybe smear some peanut butter on their dicks or something and let the dogs <laughs> eat them. Smear <laughs> it on Jay's bald head let it chase her around. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, our buddy Jay got a new job and has to move to Connecticut. We're losing a very loved member of our gaming club, yeah. so I invited him on one of the RFIs, so... Coming up soon, we're going to have to get Jay on here because I want him to uh, basically uh, put himself out there so wherever he moves to, anybody who listens that lives close, he can just plug right in to a gaming community because he's a real cool dude to play with. I think so. he's moving to Connecticut, so if you're yeah. a Connecticut listener out there, fucking yeah. reach out to us. And uh, I'm wanting to get him on the show either next weekend or the weekend after. He said he would jump on with us, but he's a funny fucker, so we'll get him on here and he can. He's a, he's a traveling salesman too, I think. So he probably has some fucking wild ass shit he could talk about. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Those are the kind of stories I like. Yeah. All right. See, we got another one right here. We got a live one. Alright, uh, last Korean story, I guess, but involving booze. Mind you, none of this has any moral high ground bullshit. It's gonna make you a better human being for listening to this story. Um, <laughs> because, um, if you ain't a good person now, probably won't be. Just sorry to tell you that. <laughs> Anyways, so, I was getting shit faced with me and a few other people in the barracks, and I bought three bottles of tequila. Well, I finished one bottle of tequila by myself. And, um, so the other guys drank the other one. I was like, man, motherfuckers ain't going to drink this one. So me and three people, 
me and two other people drank the other bottle of tequila, just doing mad shots, bat up at one after another. Well, this is where my um, recollection of the story ends, and this is what everyone tells me what I did afterwards. <laughs> so I decided to go upstairs back to my room, try to get into my room, and the door was kind of fucking fucking with me or something, or I was extra too stupid to do anything about it. So I eventually get through the door, and um, somewhere along the line, I threw up on the floor. And I didn't eat no uh, food or anything, so it was just straight up alcohol and syrup from all the drinks that we were drinking. And um, you guys ever seen Three Stooges where they're running on the ground going, <laughs> think about that, but me and uh, uh, throw up running around. My friends were like, man, we can't just throw him in his bed with all this gross-ass um, crap all over him. We got to wash him off. So they tried to take me to the shower. Whole time I was not having any of that. They said I was talking in tongues, throwing <laughs> fists, and all kinds of shit. Once I saw the shower, I ran away from them towards the shower, ran up the wall, and jumped over the shower curtain. I was pulling myself above the shower curtain. About that time, that's when gravity remembered, oh, hey, you have to fall down. And I fell straight down. So they're like, fuck, man. He just keeps on fighting us. They try to hold me down. One friend tried to knock me out, but apparently I don't get knocked out. So he's keeping on punching me in my face, and they <laughs> tied me up to 554 and yep. wash me off. The whole time, I'm just screaming um, in different languages, all kinds of craziness. Eventually, they uh, pick me up to put me in my bed. I wake up the following morning to alert. Everyone had to get dressed and get their weapons and get ready to do some stupid shit. I was still fucking hammered. Like, I got to the arms room, and I was like, yo, I'm too fucking drunk for this shit. You guys better just not give me a gun. That's really dumb. And they agreed. It was good times. No real moral to it, because, well, I probably did it again. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fan. Like living my life in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> I had a bunch of like when you live when you live on like a military installation and the barracks have visitors policies. So if you want to like bring a girl home or something at night, you have to check her in. Technically you're supposed to check her in at the front desk and they have to leave at some asinine hour like eleven o'clock at night. So uh there's these guys that are like staff duty dudes. You have to go around and like check the barracks to make sure they're not they're not on fire and no one's fucking mainlining heroin in the hallways or anything like that. <laughs> well, fucking, I was I was the NCO on duty that night and I was walking by and I guess someone knew I was coming to do my checks and they found out so they tried to lower a girl out of a six story window with 550 cord which is like shoelace string oh my god it's strong but it's not like 550 like pounds these strong drunk fucks <laughs> jimmy something around her and like we're lowering her out of a window and i walked up as this was happening and i was like i almost turned around and was just like i didn't see this i not to this when she falls and dies i was gonna act surprised and be like what happened that did uh, she got to the ground safely fuck you. 
good times were had. I just, I just want to know like what they told her was gonna happen if she got caught because there's a like a... she was not someone who had a whole lot of self respect in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Like they're like, look, we gotta we gotta makeshift this uh, this harness out of paracord. Probably for someone you. who enjoys Virginia Slim cigarettes in mellow yellow and that kind of shit. <laughs> oh no, my wife's dying over here. <laughs> uh, she's what we would call a hardcore Kentucky Seven. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Hey boys, this is Moneybags calling you. Just wanted a short story of me when I was back in Japan in the Navy still. This was probably 2006. A couple of buddies of mine were out on uh, some liberty, having some fun on the weekend. We end up in a uh, deep part of Japan near Rapongi, and we get pulled into a Buy Me Drink Girls uh, bar. Well, Sunday night drinking, having fun, you know, girls are liquoring us up and all that other fun stuff, and I start chatting up with a uh, older lady, you know, but she's got a nice set of tits, so what do you know? Anything will get my attention to a nice pair of tits. Night goes on, I spend, oh man, probably $1,500, maybe $2,000 on drinks that night. And of course, it's not as much alcohol as you would think because prices are jacked up in the Buy Me Drink Girls uh, bar. So somehow, in my neighborhood state, I convinced this lady to take me home. Well, you know, I think I might only get laid, right? So we start taking train, after train, after train. Like four connections, maybe five later, I am in rural Japan. <laughs> And this lady takes me to her house. Only well, thing is, if anyone knows anything like a Japanese place, the family shares a fairly tight living quarters. So there's the mother sleeping in the next room over that's divided by a piece of paper door. And I'm just like, well, I'm going to get off. One way or the other, because I'm drunk and I spent a lot of money. Well, the unfortunate side effect is that I didn't get laid. She was too abstinent and not letting me have sex with her. So what she did give me was a thigh job. And at the end of it, she said, oh, I'm so aversion to you. And I'm just sitting like, well, I got my nut. Time to uh, head on back. And, you know, she's giving me her phone number, thinking that she's got a green card and all that other stuff. <laughs> and uh, so I start making my way back, 6 in the morning, still drunk, trying to figure my way back home. And I have this little card that says, I'm an American sailor. How do I get back to base? And I'm handing this off to every police officer I can find. And it ended up taking me seven, eight trains to get back to my base. It was long. No. <laughs> Did he make it back? 8704. 
That's it. That's it. There's no follow up to that. They cut him off. Let me check. Well, he obviously made it back. He's in our yeah. patron chat. No. Unless you he's don't... still unless he's in our unless he's in our chat from Rule Japan. He's still stuck there. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Nope, yep, that's it. That's it. There's no Damn. Oh well. It's worth a shot. I like how he said she thought she had like her green card and everything like that. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. I couldn't imagine being stuck in rural Japan and just like <laughs> trying to find my way back to base. It's like especially if I was like on a time crunch and I couldn't speak any oh man. Jesus. All right. So this next one comes from powerful, powerful Tim over at the iForce podcast. And it's 11 megabytes, so this is going to be a long one, I feel like. And the title of it is Civilian Shit Story. So let's go ahead and let this download. All right, so let's hear this. Hey, it's Tim here. Long-time listener, big-time fan. Uh, don't like the last few episodes. You've had some voicemail. It's been alright, alright. Hasn't, but there hasn't really been uh, that many uh, shitting stories. So I know there was military shitting stories for a while. They seem to have petered out. So I want to just give you guys some more civilian shitting stories. So uh, actually, more of like paramilitary shitting stories. So everyone knows about the scouts, right? Um, so I don't know what scouts is like in America, but in Australia, it's basically like just. Take all the kids that have been caught reading the terrorist cookbook and send them out to the woods with, like, axes and sticks and, yeah, just fucking, uh, you know... Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer them. What's it called? Um, Lord of the Flies-style situation. Anyway, so I've got a couple of shooting stories. Now, one is really, like... One's from, like, early on in my scout scouting career. Um, we were camped. It was some big camp. It was, like, the first camp that I'd done... With the, uh, was it with Cubs or Scouts? There's a thing before Scouts called Cubs, and I was in that as well. Um, and I think it was either that or is it my first camp with this guy? In any case, I had to take a shit. So we were all like, <laughs> like camped in this fucking you know, campground thing, and it's surrounded by woodlands. Um, and I decide, like, oh, I'm really good at taking shit. This is crazy. And usually, what I would do is just not shit for the whole camp, for the whole Scout camp. I don't know how, but like, I was just able to, like, holding my shit for the whole entire time. But this time, I was like, no, I need to fucking do a crap. So I run up into the woods, just like... Normally, I wouldn't just go running around in the woods at night as well, um, being like a nine-year-old, but um, on, on my own at least, um, but or without a torch or anything. But I just ran off into the woods, ran down this hill into this sort of like weird valley thing. <clears throat> and then I was like waist-deep in ferns. So I'm just like whoa, ferns, this is crazy. So I'm, like, running through through this, like, moonlit valley, like, perfect place for, like, a fucking werewolf to attack us, attack to have an assign. And I'm, like, looking around, like, oh, i got to find so much shit. Um, so anyway, I stop, and I found this, lo- this like, clear clearing sort of area, and I'll, there's a log, and I'm, like, I'm just going to shit onto the log. Yeah, that'll work. Why not? I don't know why I did. In any case, did no crap there. So then I'm just, like, Oh, okay, that's good. 
um, wipe my ass with some ferns or whatever, probably. Um, running around, somehow managed to, like, I, I'm, I'm, like, lost for a little bit. It's, like, kind of this, like, weird fucking, like, dreamlike fucking encounter, because I'm also, like, half asleep as well. Um, managed to somehow find my way back to my camp, then back to the tent, go to sleep. Next morning, we're all up, and we have to go for a walk to some other fucking spot to do some other shit. Anyway, <laughs> we take off through the woods, path goes down into this, like, valley, and there's, like, ferns either side of the path, and then we suddenly, like, everyone up ahead starts going, what the hell, what the fuck, what the hell? And so what's happening up ahead is there's a log across the road, across the path, and as everyone has to cross this, like, log this over the path, someone's done a fucking Mr. Whippy-style shit on it. And, like, everyone was just like, what the fuck, this is so fucking weird, why would anyone shit on this log in the middle of a path? And I didn't realise until, like, I, even I was just like, whoa, that's such a fucking weird-looking crap. That's a weird-looking turd, that's for sure. And just, like, as we all sort of filed past and we're all laughing about it because we're, like, fucking nine-year-olds. And it wasn't until literally, like, that night or something, I start, I was just thinking back, like, on reflecting on the day. Um, and then I was just like, oh, holy shit, that must have been me. But in the dark, I hadn't seen the path. I just thought I was just stopping to shit in a nice, in a sort of semi-cleared area. But it was just part of a path. So anyway, that's the time the entire scout troop had to look at my fucking shit that was on a log. <laughs> There was some other, like, shitting stories as well, obviously, like, in the Scouts. There's, like, several other... Michael Michael was also in the Scouts with me as well. That's another fucking crazy story. It's part of our fucking Genesis story, is that we're in the Scouts together. Um, but there was definitely... There was a couple of fucking weird fucking things that other people did. Like, I remember there was one time... There was one, like... <laughs> there was one... Uh, this is when later on when Michael and this guy called Paul that we were in scouts with and I we were all like the king shits of the scout group like whatever the fuck was called patrol leaders or whatever um, and we just sort of uh, we'd go around and just like make sure everyone was fucking doing shit right and we went to this camp and in the middle of the night these guys had just like tried to put up their tent it was just a total shit show that ended up just like <laughs> like just jerry-rigging some fucking total shithole so um, but these guys were fucking maniacs. Like, one of them had done, like, a shit. They'd just gone, like, I'm going to take a shit. And he'd shit literally, like, two meters away from a tent, just on the ground. And the guy who was in charge of that, like, patrol had, like, made him use a stick to roll it into the fire. And then it all just, like, been driven out of the camp by this dude's, like, burning shit smell. And then there was another guy. And I fucking... I'm not making this up. With, like, Michael can back me up. There's people who can back me up on this. This guy in that... Like, I don't know, just scatological fucking patrol just decided that he was gonna <laughs> decided that um, he wanted to wipe his ass, but these guys had fucked up or they'd lost to their toilet paper. So instead of just using leaves or whatever the fuck, like, this guy had had wiped his ass on toast. And, like, we were just like, what the fuck? What, what, what do you mean he, like, wiped his ass? And, like, somebody told us, and we're like, what do you mean he used fucking toast? Like, what? He didn't just use... Like, he went to the trouble of fucking, to like, toasting it, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy just decided he was going to wipe his ass, and all he had was bread. So he literally made it, he sat there and, like, carefully toasted, like, five pieces of bread, and then used toast to wipe his ass. So that's just some, like, shit stories from Australia. Um, that's about all. Anyway, loving the new show. Uh, shout out to all you guys now. Uh, you've got, like, a good crew. I'm just listening to your latest episode. Um one is it latest episode 60 so hopefully um you know uh this gets on to episode 61 okay cool
Um, see you guys. Bye. <laughs> see you guys. Bye. Man, dude, the uh, the logistics to get toast ready before you <laughs> take yeah, it. Why toast? Like, why wouldn't you just use the untoasted bread? Is these think it's like because if you toast it, it becomes like yeah, it's too soft. Like, I feel like when it feel good, you know. Well, it's not going to feel good either way. Like all that, if it's soft, I guess like the dough would get rolled up in your ass hairs. Yeah, and that's you'd what have I was just like bread dough hanging off your fucking ass. But White he said he was like socks, man. He said he was like nine. Do nine year olds even have ass hair? I don't remember when my ass hair grew out. I, I bet know. you did. <laughs> Maybe like okay, let's, I'm assuming white bread because I like if I were to choose a bread to wipe my my butt with, like untoasted, I feel like wheat bread would would be a little easier to wipe with because you know it's thicker. You know, there's some maybe honey, like maybe like whole wheat. It's like it it well, it seems these like fuckers. No, you just take one of your socks off and use your sock. Okay, yep. that's all you got to do. We can't change the story, Ryan. Like we we know what happened. We were trying to get into this young psychopath's head and figure out why he took well, the time. Any of our nine-year-old listeners out there, um, if, if you have to shit in the woods, you don't have anything to wipe with. Take your sock off and use your sock. Yep. Or don't bother wasting your time toasting the bread. Just use the bread as normal. <laughs> like yeah unless maybe he only toasted one side so like it was still hard i don't know there's no there's definitely no way for us to to decipher my wife my wife the the pastry chef said use the heel of the bread it's harder oh, and it has a better yeah. surface yeah the 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 butts i guess heel is the proper term but we down yeah. here in texas we call them the butts the part nobody eats I love it. That's my favorite part of the bread. I of like course. making sandwich, like peanut butter sandwiches out of just the heel. Look, Scott's saying, yeah. That's the yep, best part. I'm with it. <laughs> of course. That's the part we fed to our youngest sister. <laughs> so that was Tim from the I Horse podcast. Uh, hopefully y'all listen to him if y'all listen to us. Um, if you don't, go check them out. I force podcast. So we got one more voicemail. It looks like it's broken up into two voicemails. So let's go and see what we got. Hey, fellas, this is uh, Bjorn Lund out in Salt Lake City. Uh, just letting you guys know that we've got our tickets up and ready to go for Salt City Gladiator Games. I'll be running a two-day narrative event on October 8th and 9th. The event runs all weekend long, um, and I anticipate having all games played during that weekend, whether it's up or part of the event itself uh, to contribute to the narrative. Uh, so if you guys would just uh, blast this out, that would be awesome. Super stoked, and I need to see more 30K out. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Boom. You blasted it out yourself, man. So, good old-fashioned... Uh Salt Lake City, Utah. We got the Salt Lake City Salt Lake City Gladiator Games. So October eighth and ninth, people, go check that out. Get in on that. I'm mostly just very uh proud of the Google like Google Voice translates. It kinda like tries to like translate and break down the words that they're saying and like kinda reads them out. And it spelled out Bjorn. Like, good, good for it. Yes, that's very cool. 
So Bjorn, Google Voice knows how to spell your name. So it looks like <laughs> he may have forgotten something. Let's see what he forgot. Hey guys, Bjorn again. Uh, just clarifying, the event occurs on my calendar, right? It's October 6th through 8th. Um, the event runs all weekend, 7th to 8th. is going to be the 30K stuff. And if you have any questions, uh, you can reach us all at uh, assaultcitygladiatorgames.com. All right, thanks. Bye. Okay, so it's October 7th and 8th is the 30K stuff's going down. So. so go check that out, guys. If you're in the Utah area, go check out the Gladiator Games. Have yourself a good old time. So that's it for voicemails. Uh, let's talk about this uh, Shapeway giveaway we have going on tomorrow. How about that? Well, I guess today, if you're listening to it today, today's Monday. So it's this is actually going to be running from Monday the 26th till Friday the 30th. So if you're listening to this right now, it's probably Monday, midday, I would imagine. Uh, from 12 o'clock noon until 4 o'clock Central Standard Time, there's going to be a live video posted up. And all you have to do is go like, share, and comment, or I guess just react to whatever Legion you would like. And what has gone on is uh, we've teamed up with Shapeways, and Shapeways has offered up a complete full uh Kalth box worth of Pop Goes the Monkeys shoulder pads and combi weapons for an entire Kalth box. And so what we're doing is if you share that post and you like that post and you basically there's four legions to choose from. We have Blood Angels, Alpha Legion, Imperial Fist, and Word Bearers. So you got two Loyalists, two Traitor Legions in there. And all you have to do is uh, react to one of those legions and share that post, and you'll be entered in a giveaway that we will draw for on Friday. And whoever wins, they get a full starter legion. So if you've been thinking about starting any of those armies, this is like the perfect way to get all the models in one sweep to get a like just good foundation. You'll get full cataphractic terminator pads. You'll get full combi weapons for all the terminators. Uh, every Mark IV Marine will have a shoulder pad that's Legion-specific and will have a combi weapon should you decide to go prior to the Legion and load them all out with uh, combi weapons. So you'll have a combi weapon for everybody in the Army and a combi weapon for uh, all your Terminators. So And shoulder pads for everybody. So it's going to be a good deal. We really appreciate the... Uh, people over at shapeways for uh looking into our podcast and offering this badass giveaway so uh if you can definitely help us like the only way that they can uh offer more giveaways like this is to make this one real successful and they uh looked at our facebook page and and said thought we were pretty successful so uh if you could go help them um that'd be fantastic so that's going to go on from, like I said, guys, it's going to start on the 26th and we'll be drawing on Friday the 30th. So definitely go check that out. So that's the Shapeways plug I got. Powerful pop goes the monkey as well. God bless him. Mark Switzer. Mark Schweitzer. Matt Schweitzer. Matt. Yeah, Matt Schweitzer. I said Mark Switzer, Mark Schweitzer, Matt Schweitzer. I got it. We made it. Full circle, boys. 
So we're there. We made it to lists. So first one on the boats up. You're up, Scott. Twenty five hundred point custodies. Yes, sir. So we got an email from Nick. Um, Nick sent us an email. Said, "Could you please review my list? I've been painting them up as Webway veterans. I will send photos later on so you can see what I have going on." So Nick sent us a. Uh, 2500 point custodes list to review and see what we thought of it. Um, I gave it a quick look. To be honest, I did not make any real changes to this list. I just kind of went over it, made some notes, and made some suggestions for for uh, Nicholas moving forward. All right, so it starts out with his HQ as a shield captain uh, who's upgraded with the Tribune upgrade. He has a Paragon Spear, Melt Bombs, RA Strikes. Presidium Shield, Digital Ledgers, and a Cyber Familiar for a grand total of 282 points. He has two units of Custodes that are identical coming in at 320 points. They have, one of them has an Adracite Spear, a Magistere Vexilla with a Mastercrafted Power Weapon, which will be an Axe. They have Melt Bombs and they have RA Strikes as well. We'll go into what those are later on. Uh, two units of Sentinel Guards, which are the guys with the shields. That There's one Solarite Gauntlet, and the entire squad is equipped with RA Strikes. His elites, he has a Heteron Guard, five-man Legion, Legio Custodes Heteron Guard. I think those are like the more elite. Um, they're, still, they're still like regular Custodes. They're not the Terminator Custodes. But their cool thing, from what I can tell, is they can carry a spear and have the shield that gives you the rerolls to your invul save in close combat. There are also three wounds, I think. Yeah, that's fucking insanely brutal. All right, so that squad, there's those. That's a five man strong squad. I would assume his shield captain's probably going to go with this squad. They're upgraded with mouth bombs, RA strikes, and five Presidium shields. Um, they're in a Coronas graph carrier, armored ceramite, searchlight, and extra armor. Uh, his one fastest attack choice is a palace grab attack squadron of one with a searchlight and extra armor. That's the smaller land speeder esque vehicle that the custodes have. And then his heavy support, he has a legion out, uh, custodes Caladius grab tank, the stock standard one with armored ceremony, searchlight, and extra armor. A um, couple of notes I made about this list the, the RA strikes upgrade he has on all his squads is something that. If you need, I copied these rules off 4chan, so if they're wrong, please feel free to correct me. But uh, <laughs> essentially, if a unit deep strikes within 12 inches of a unit that's equipped with um, with that uh, upgrade, they roll a dice, and on a 4-up, that unit mishaps. Now, that is incredibly strong for one reason that jumped out to me. Obviously, these guys, these squads he bought, um, the guys with the, his... Uh, custodian guard squads and his sentinel guard squads they're all on foot they're needed. he only bought one Cronus grab carrier for his for his uh like super badass squad so it kind of makes sense that they would have some sort of deep strike like defense or some mechanism to defend themselves but this is super fucking brutal because i don't know if it would work against drop pods because I, I haven't seen the exact rule it does but yeah that's fucking it's any deep strike that's very, very, very strong. Um, honestly, it's a, it's a that, whole two points, Scott. Uh, <laughs> it's that, two points a model, man. Say. I was like, man, if 
if that upgrade was really expensive and for any other army, I would think it was really fucking cool because I play in a pretty like Dreadclaw heavy meta, so I'm always looking for a good way to blow those up. But it's like, man, do they really? <laughs> you know, they just it it uh, I mean, that's a potential. That is one of the better ways, I guess, to deal with these guys. Is you sure as shit don't want to get in close combat with them, you know? If you can drop in and blow them away with close range firepower, that's a good way to go. But uh, those area strikes are going to make that a, a definitely a very tough prospect. One thing I did note is that he had them on the Heteron guards that are going in the Cronus Graph Carrier. I, I, I mean, fuck, if it's only 10 points for five dudes, I guess it doesn't really matter, but. I would probably take that off the squad because if they're in a vehicle, it's not really going to benefit them anyway. So, because um, auras don't reflect out of vehicles anymore. Uh, yep. Lack of mobile scoring—that was one thing. I I assume that Heteron Guard Squad has the implacable advance rule, but if it doesn't, then all he has is Custos on foot, which is probably not. Like I guess in a way is its own balancing factor because at least. You know, you're going to kill everything you touch with Custos, but at least they can't touch everything if they're slow and on foot. So I guess that's one thing. Um, the Presadium Shield is definitely going to be overkill on your Tribune, I think. That's going to give that dude a three-up rerollable invul save in close combat. Uh, I get it. Like, he's 282 points. He's expensive, and you want some dude who really beats ass in close combat, but... Rerollable invul saves are the number one way to piss people off in, in like 30k. That is always going to make people angry. So I don't know if if your buddies are cool with it. Fucking they totally ignore me. But I I know I probably wouldn't say anything about it. But I'm sure I know people who would. You know that is not a whole lot of fun to play against a guy who just can't do any damage to. And he's an ass kicker without it. A three up invul save is still really good. You know, he has an Iron Halo and a Cyber Familiar, so it's not like he's taking a huge hit to drop that shield, and it'll save you 20 points. Um, the only weak unit I really saw was the Palace, uh, like, fast attack speeder thing, but, I mean, everything else is so good, you kind of need something like that. And it's not necessarily bad because it's durable, it has the grab backwash rule, so it only gets hit in fives of close combat. And it's fast. It's a really fast unit. That can, well, the uh, thing with it is, Scott, you got to remember, it has jink because it's a skimmer, and it has a machine spirit. So it can jink and always get to shoot at full BS uh, because it only has one gun. And yeah. it has a flare shield built in. So uh, so it's armor what on the front? 12? Yeah, I think so. So yeah. it's an armor 13 skimmer that always has a 4-up jink save and still gets to fire at full ballistic skill. Yep, all for the low, low price of 91 points. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty... That is pretty brutal. Um, God, God. When that's your worst unit, I mean, I guess there's worse problems to have in this. <laughs> world, but, I mean, uh, ugh. Hope you yeah, don't fight so, that thing at night. <laughs> as far as tactically how I would implement it, you know, other than the fact that it's super durable, it's a very fast denial unit. So if you're playing a game like Dominion or something where guys are holding back in the backfield capping objectives, put that in there and try to, you know, get that within three inches so it can I mean, it moves quick. So, um, and to cap things off, they, this is just a general rule about the army, but I think it kind of gets overlooked. Just one of the more brutal things is the sodality. So, 
their squad coherency for those squads on foot is only is three inches, right? So yep. instead of being two, it's three. So that makes them significantly more resistant to blast, and it increases that bubble of effect of those air ray strikes upgrades you put on those squads. Plus, they're on forty mil bases. Yeah, they're fucking big models too. So, man, um, hey, you know, I'm, I'm no. It's a good list. You're gonna do just fine. I mean going to do just fine uh <laughs> i think we remember we gave troy that advice on that alpha legion jet bike list with a list like this you better paint it really good and be a fucking awesome dude because it is it is gonna really matter uh it is brutal man yeah. i didn't make any changes i just wanted to kind of talk about it and i guess kind of explain to people who maybe don't understand why it's so good like, if you're someone who plays Orbital Assault or something like that, and you roll up against that list, you're in fucking bad, bad trouble. Because you're going to deep strike in out of a drop pod. In theory, to get within 12 inches to shoot someone with all your, like, rapid-fire bolt guns, plasma guns and stuff, well, you can't do that. And if you do do that, you might just die. So, <laughs> you're just going to be sitting outside of your drop pod, unless it's an ambulance, which you're typically, at most, you're only going to have three of those, waiting for those fucking slaughterers to charge you and kick you into the center of the fuck, which is exactly what they're going to do. So, uh, yeah, man, that's a, it's a brutal list. Uh, there's nothing, I can make changes that are, like, more akin to my own personal bias, like, on how I like to play, but I think going to be just fine with that list. If you're worried about it function, uh, as long as you're not worried about making any friends, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> wait. wait till they fall. So, uh, next the- list up. Adam. You guys have any comments on that? Take no. that list to an event outside of your home state. Yep. <laughs> so you'll just be that yep. guy. So you're <laughs> that guy in the background. Do the Scott Peterson grow a fucking grow a fucking goatee and bleach it blonde. And <laughs> <laughs> Talk in an Australian accent and tell everybody your name's Tim. Yeah. Fuck you, mate. Fun where I'm from. So yeah. Yeah, it's fucking And then shit on logs to throw the sin off the trail. <laughs> How we do. Uh, next list I got was from a buddy of mine. His name's Kyle. And he's a very new 30K player. Plays Night Lords, and specifically this email was about his Blood Angels list. So he wants to do the whole one loyalist, one trader army, which I recommend to anyone. Kind of lets you uh, change the flavors so things don't get stale. Playing one army all the time gets really old, I think. But uh, I had a couple of questions that I asked Ryan, and I thought I'd read them out because they're probably questions other people have. Uh, my two questions were, do Apothecary and Tech Priest count as kill points so they count towards the number I have to balance playing Blood Angels i.e. I must have at least the same number of units with the Legionis Cesaris rule as those that don't. Those that have the vehicle rule. I believe this is the exact word. Yeah. So Ryan, can you help us out with that? Yeah, we've talked about this before. It's it's kind of something that's a gray area, but the way I understand the way apothecaries work is you buy them and then they immediately join a unit and become a part of that unit that can never leave. So they're not their own individual kill point. They literally become part of that unit. So it would just be like the 11th member of a 10 man tactical squad. So if you killed all the guys and the apothecary, you would get one kill point. Right. And And then 
if you just killed the apothecary and the rest of the squad was alive, it wouldn't matter because it, it basically becomes part of that tactical squad. And then for as far as the Blood Angel rule, we treat it the exact same way. It doesn't an apothecary isn't a unit. It it's basically a unit. You have to take it separate. They basically set it up really weird. It's really just a unit upgrade for a unit in power armor. It's kind of like how you used to be able to buy like commissars for Imperial Guard and they were just part of the infantry platoon upgrade. You just bought up a commissar, commissar for the unit and it never was able to leave the unit. Yeah. So really, to be honest, what they should do with apothecaries if they ever rewrite the Red Book is literally just make them a unit upgrade. Don't make them their own slot because it just makes it fucking confusing. Yep. I agree. I think that would be a good way to solve it. Tech Marines would count as their own crack because they are independent. They're their own unit. Yeah, yeah, they're they're independent on the battlefield. Okay, so he sent in a list of miles he had, and I'm not going to go through the brevity, but he sent in a list that uh, I thought was pretty good, but I made some changes to it too, kind of in honor of our, our Shapeways giveaway. This will be really applicable for people wanting to get in on that. Whoever wins wants to start Blood Angels. I made him a little... 2500 point private legion list uh so it starts out with his warlord is going to be a praetor with the blade of perdition digital lasers and iron halo and artificer armor because he comes with it um so blade of perdition hey hey ho you know everyone's <laughs> yeah. favorite yeah there yeah. it is so do not leave it at it's, home uh, yeah don't don't leave home without it it is as good as it fucking gets um that dude is going to go with a, a squad we'll, we'll get to later. Uh, next HQ choice is a chaplain with a Kronos Archaeum, Artificer Armor. I upgraded him to a Blade of Perdition as well and a Boarding Shield because you can't have enough of those things. Um, you're not going to have a Primark or anything because his rules aren't out yet. So two Blades of Perdition equals one Primark as far as my math is concerned. Because <laughs> you got somebody that can soak up wounds at higher initiative, you'll be just fine. And his yeah. third uh, HQ choice was a Primus Medicana Scimitar jet bike stock. The reason I exercised uh, sort of like use a lot of HQ choices is this helps us, you know, dock those units that have the Legionis Astarte special rule, which will give us some leeway with taking vehicles later. Um, the list is Pride of the Legion, so I took two veteran tactical squads. These are both identical, so I'll just read off the description for one times that by two in your head. But it's a uh, 10-man veteran Space Marine squads uh, with Weapon Masters. The reason I chose Weapon Masters is because I upgraded all the veterans in the squad to have power weapons. Those can be axes or swords, whatever fits your flavor. You know, there's there's pluses and minuses to both. A Legion Vexilla and Multibombs. Um, Weapon Masters is good because if you do decide to use power axes, that's going to make you weapon skill 5, which means most things that are going to swing before you if you have power axes, we're going to hit you on four. So that gives you some form of defense against that. Um, if you don't, you know, you're hitting most things on threes anyway. And you're going to almost wound everything on threes. The Blood Angels, uh, like Blade in Carmine Fury rule that gives you a... Makes well, an axe, an axe will be two because it's yeah, plus yeah. one strength. Yeah. There you go. So you can do that uh, if you just decide to go with swords or whatever you like, like better, more, you know, like aesthetically. Um, you're going to win most things on threes. Most things being toughness four. Uh, axes is a good option too with weapon masters. Also give the squad melt bombs as well. 
It's like using the versatility to charge into something and multi-bomb it to death. The Legion Vexilla is just good for insurance, basically. You don't want to get swept. My third troop choice was a nine-man unit of Terminators. I have four with Chain Fist, four with Lightning Claws, and the Sergeant with just a power weapon, a combi bolter, and grenade harness. The reason he has the grenade harness is so when that unit charges... Assault grenades go by model-by-model basis, but if he has the grenade harness, he gives the whole unit the assault grenade rule so those lightning claws can actually swing into initiative. They're going to be hitting on threes most of the time, wounding on threes with the shred special rule. And then chain fists, like I've said before, I think that's the best melee weapon in the game just for the propensity of vehicles in 30k. You're going to want chain fists in there to take out knights, spartans, whatever you run across. There's nine of those dudes. That occupies 18 slots in a transport we're going to come up to while later in the list. This unit is where the chaplain and the Praetor are going to go. So they're also going to be rerolling hit with two blades of perdition. In that unit. So that unit can you know, hold its own against other legions that already have their special rules and badass characters and all that shit out. Um, fast attack, two ambulance drag claws. Got a lot of units Legionis Astartes already so far, so good to take those two uh, Amphilis under the current restrictions. Um, Javelin Attack Speeder Squadron, third fast attack. Squadron of two. So that's only one unit, but it's two vehicles in a unit with a uh, pill mounted multi melters. Uh, Javelins, for anyone that's not you know in the know about it, they're super, super efficient for points. Really good, durable to everything except, you know, some shooting, and even then, most of the time, you're going to get a cover save. Uh, you can do that kind of denial trick with them moving fast as well. And they have the grab backwash rules. They're, they're actually real fish to kill in close combat. Or one heavy support, or one of your heavy support slots is a Caribdis. That's where those 20 badasses are going to go. Um, that gives you a total of three drop pods, pick two, you know, to come in turn one. A fire after gunship with auto cannon battery and four health strike missiles on the wings um fire after very versatile can kind of work around the whole firing arc thing because it has guns all over it they fire a lot of shots and i think it fits the fluff of blood angels we'll kind of go into that later and then your last unit is a heavy support slot is five jet bike sky slayers now i just left these guys with the multi melters because they're free you can put the primus medicaid in with them give them feel no pain um, I know it's kind of an oddball unit, but I think it's very ubiquitous, I guess, for Heresy to have jet bikes, space marines. And I always think they're so like um, Characters goes with the Terminators. I would, if it was me, I wouldn't mind putting them in Tartaros armor just because they can maintain the sweet special rule. Not that anything's going to live when the unit touches them, so you could put them in Cataphractic just as easy. Uh, Primus Medicaid goes with Sky Slayers. Uh, the army has a very fast kind of feel to it. I kind of feel like that fits the Blood Angels. They're not really like a slow plotting army. They they move quickly and fight like asymmetrically. Uh, the veterans are versatile because they can kill you know regular dudes, monsters, creatures. Going to win Castlax on fives with AP three or AP two, your choice. And they have melt bombs as well, so that's good. Um, I put a breaching shield on the chaplain because. It's kind of one of these weird rules, but if that Terminator unit gets charged, that Terminator unit counts as having defensive grenade 
because that one guy has the shield. Now, will that change in the edition? Who knows? But as of right now, it's a thing. So that's a good little defensive measure if you fuck hand a, you know, a short charge after you get out of your tripus. And as far as the things that are starting on the table, you got three drop pods. Two are going to come in. And you can always start the jet bikes or the javelins if you want. Javelins are a lot more durable, I think, personally, in hand-to-hand than they are in just getting shot at because they can only be hit on fives in hand-to-hand as opposed to where they're typically only getting a four-up team save from shooting. Um, if it's night fight, that changes things, obviously. So I, I think you got plenty to uh, to start on the table that's going to come in, that's going to hit hard, that you're going to be just fine. And those Anvilus and the Cribbis are surprisingly good anti-armor all by themselves because they hit vehicles, strength six, on their rear-facing armor. So whirlwind, Scorpius, things like that, gonna, gonna and it ignores it. cover, and it ignores cover. So um, don't forget that you know these models have a lot of rules for a reason. Make sure you know them, use them all through advantage. That's all I got, guys. Sounds quick. I like the that was uh, that was for Kyle in Kentucky. What's up, man? I've known that dude for a pretty long time, so he's a new heresy player. I hope to help him out. I like how you threw in some uh, tips and tricks and what units to put uh, the chaplain in, different things like that. Like You really did break that down. You could tell that you were talking to a new listener there, so or a new uh, somebody new to the heresy. I'm glad you had that little insight for him. He's a pretty good player, man. I was, I was pretty shocked the list he sent me. I mean, he's... He's new, so he's still accumulating models, but I just kind of wanted to offer, you know, that list has a lot of tricks in it that I see a lot that I know are very effective that I've seen played. So if he, I can make that recommendation with a clean conscience, I guess. So. <laughs> well, badass, dude. Appreciate that list, and I'm sure he will as well. Yes, sir. All right, guys. I'm going to leave you to it. Y'all have a nice night. You too, Scott. Scott. Yeah. All right. So next list is a Dark Angels Ravenwing protocol list. 2,500 points. Uh, So this list got sent in from uh, Mr. Uh, Looks like Ryan Ryan Cross. Oh, his name. There's his last name for you, boys. All you stalkers out there. So he says, yo, Ryan, here's my 2.5K Ravenwing list. Hopefully it's fluffy as fuck, but I'm hoping you can make it more effective. Cheers, dude. Keep up the good work. Uh, So this list is pretty much just a Legion Praetor, Artificer Armor, Bolt Pistol, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, uh, Scimitar Bike, Jet Bike with a Heavy Bolter, Mastercraft, a single weapon, Melta Bombs, Molecular Acid Shells, Paragon Blade, and Rad Grenades. And he's got a librarian, an artificer armor, chain sword, combat blade on a jet bike with heavy bolter, melted bombs, molecular shells. He's a mastery level two with rad grenades, refractor field, and a tyrannic great sword. Interesting. That's going to be hard to swing. Uh, then he's got a, uh, in his elite choice slot, he's got a Legion Terminator squad. Uh, he's, one of his dudes got chain fist and rad grenades. That's going to be the sergeant. And it looks like the he also has a combi weapon. Uh, combi weapon grenade launcher. That's interesting. Uh, then he's got one, two, three, four more Legion Terminators, all with Chain Fist and Volkite Chargers. 
under the troop section, he's got a Legion jet bike, Skyhunter Squadron with molecular acid shells, uh, two plasma cannons, and altogether six Space Marine Skyhunters with a Skyhunter Sergeant upgrade, bolt pistol, Calibonite Warblade, melt bombs, and rad grenades. He has that unit twice. Uh, then he's got a Legion Tactical Squad with 15 Tactical Marines. Uh, looks like they're packing some chain swords and combat blades, or combat blades, uh, to get that extra attack. Bolters, they got a Vexilla on them. A Legion Tactical Sergeant with Artificer Armor, a Calibonite Warblade, a Combi Weapon, Grenade Launcher again. I'm pretty sure Ryan's going to explain to me what that Grenade Launcher is for. Uh, yes, I will. Then under his Fast Attack Choice, he's got a Anvilus Pattern Dreadclaw Drop Pod with Frag Assault Launchers. Then a Legion Storm Eagle Assault Gunship with Armored Ceramite, Hellstrike Missiles, times four. A Vengeance Launcher. Then a Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter with Battle Servitor Control, Ground Tracking Auguries, three Kraken Penetrator Heavy Missiles, and a Ramjet Diffraction Grid. Uh, so just the Primaris Tank Killer. Uh, then a Legion Jet Bike Sky Slayer Support Squadron with Multi Meltas. Uh, there is five of them in there, and the one of them is upgraded to a Sky Slayer Sergeant with a Calibonite Warblade. Uh, so, Ryan, what did you do? Okay, well, a couple things. So, first thing I noticed, this list was slightly illegal. Okay. Be because what happened was, in the Ravenwing Protocol, uh, if you read it, it says the only troop choices that are allowed in this list are Jet Bikes or Outriders. So you literally cannot take any troop choice that's not a jet bike Skyhunter squadron or Legion Outriders. And he took a tactical squad. The fool. So the tactical, so the tactical squad cannot go uh, in the army. Uh, the only other thing that he did uh, that wasn't really needed was on the librarian. He took artificer armor and then also mounted him on a jet bike. When you buy a jet bike, it automatically increases your armor save to two. So there's no sense in taking Artificer Armor as well. You're just throwing points away because you're already a 2-plus save. Can't dismount that bike. No. So, okay. So keeping those, I, I pointed out those two things for him, and I wanted to go over them on the show just for other listeners when they think about things or write lists. Just keep stuff like that in mind. So his Praetor, I pretty much kept the same. It's uh, Praetor on jet bike with melt bombs digital lasers, iron halo, a uh, scimitar bike and the uh, the shell, the molecular acid shells. Um, he doesn't need rad grenades. We'll get to that in a minute. Why he doesn't? Um, and if Ryan, I know Ryan listens to the show, the list that I sent you, he has rad grenades and not molecular acid shells. They're the they're the same points cost on um, quartermaster. There's not an option to give the characters molecular acid shells for some reason. So I just had to find another five point upgrade to throw on there so it would keep the points. So on the list I sent you, it says that he has rad grenades, but instead of rad grenades, give him the acid shells. And we'll get to why he doesn't actually need the rad grenades in a second. Uh, so the next HQ choice is a librarian, uh, just like he had, except I swapped his warrior around, so it's a uh, level 2 librarian with just a force axe, um, melt bombs, refractor field, and jet bike, and the jet bike has the molecular acid shells. I didn't bother with the Tyrannic Greatsword, because if you figure you're getting the Force Axe free, and you automatically get the Force Power, so if you just cast Force, it's going to inflict instant death anyway, which is what this Tyrannic Greatsword does. 
And the axe is AP2, where the sword is only AP3. The sword does fight at initiative, but I feel like you're paying all these extra points for you already get this weapon that does instant death and is AP2 for free. So I would just to save points, I would just stick with the axe. Plus, you get the bonus attack for ha having two weapons in close combat. So for troops, um, you once again, you can't take those tactical squads. So I just went all jet bikes as troops. So what we did is. I just took four squads that are identical. So we'll just go over the loadout once, and then he's just going to take that four times. So the loadout is five jet bikes. Um, all five bikes are upgraded to molecular acid shells. Um, all five jet bikes have melt bombs. And then one is upgraded to a sergeant with a calibanite warblade and rad grenades. So it's that unit f four times. So it's going to be 20 total jet bikes. So the reason the two characters don't need rad grenades is you can't, like, if you put a, rad grenades on a character and then you put them in a unit with rad grenades, it's not like it doubles up. Only one of them kicks in. So you don't really, like, those two bot, uh, guys are going to go in one of these other squads. So there's really no sense in double dipping on the rad grenades. You only need it on one person in the squad. Right. So I just, to save points, I just dropped them off the characters. Um, so... That's all. That's going to be four good scoring units. The reason I didn't put heavy weapons in there on the jet bikes is because I feel like molecular acid shells, heavy bolters are the best weapon upgrade on a scimitar jet bike. So I think by paying extra points to put any other weapon on there, you're actually degrading, like you're downgrading to do that while paying extra points. I gotcha. And. And I particularly don't like plasma guns on jet bikes because there's two opportunities for them to not fire. If you roll a one on the gets hot, they don't shoot, and you take a wound that you have to save against. And then even if that doesn't happen, if you ever have to jink with them, you can't snap fire a blast weapon, so it never gets to fire. Whereas if you have Volkites or heavy bolters or whatever, you still have to snap fire, but at least you're getting an opportunity to roll dice and maybe do something. Right. So... I think I think you're be better off without putting anything on there and just leave them all with the molecular acid rounds. Uh, plus, it's more dark angel-y anyway to have them all with the special ammo. So for elites, uh, I kept his Terminator squad. Um, it's five cataphracty Terminators. Um, the sergeant has a combi grenade launcher with stasis shells, chain fist, and rad grenades. And then... The other four guys in the unit have Volkite Chargers, and then two of those guys have Power Fist, and the other two have Chain Fist, and they took a dedicated Anvilus Pattern Dreadclaw. Um, any infantry you have in this list has to be in a Flyer or Skimmer, so uh, Anvilus is both, so they're good to go. It's going to make them legal to take. The Combi Grenade Launcher, the reason you take it with Dark Angels is because they get a special round called a Stasis Round. All you have to do is hit a model and a unit with it, and that entire unit counts as minus one weapon skill and initiative for the round. Okay. So, that's why that's why you would take it. So, you could drop in, stay in your Dreadclaw or whatever, next turn get out, shoot the stasis round into something, it's going to drop them down a weapon skill, and then immediately charge in behind that, and you're going to be hitting them on threes, typically, huh. if they're a weapon skill for you. Okay, so just kunk on your way in. Yep, yep. Very cool. I get it. Yeah. So so that's why you do that. So and th those guys are uh, implacable advanced, so that's also scoring. So you're going to have five scoring units, which is really solid, and they're all really fast. Um, for fast attack, um, I took a Primaris Strike Fighter. So it's uh, two 
I just, I, I kind of dropped some of the upgrades off of it. I felt like the one that he had was a, like just real upgrade heavy, and I needed to shave some points, so I just dropped some upgrades off of it. So the one that I put in here is just two wing-mounted Krakens, or two sets, so four total. Battle Servitor and Ground Tracking Auguries, kind of the standard loadout. And then, so that's one of his fast attack choices. And then since I... I got rid of the Storm Eagle because it, the purpose of it was to put the Tactical Marines in, but since they're not going to be in the list anymore, I just took a second Lightning that's identical. So it's two Lightnings instead of one. Brutal. But it, it, it gives him the same feel that he wanted in the list. And then I had some points left over from some of the points that I shaved out of the list for him. So with those extra points, I uh, stuck in uh, two Javelin Land Beaters just base. So they're heavy bolters with Twin Link Cyclones for 110 points left over in the list. And then, so I sent him this list. Um, so the options he would have, because I wasn't sure on the flyers, because he, he had a Storm Eagle and a Lightning, but since this, the Storm Eagle really wasn't needed, um, I told him in the email that I sent back, or the message that I sent back, the lightning a Lightning Strike Fighter loaded out this way is identically priced to a Fire Raptor with four Hell Strikes and Auto Cannons. So he could swap one or both of these lightnings for a fire raptor and the list would be identical points or you could even do you could drop both lightnings and have no lightnings and instead take two avenger strike fighters loaded out the same way with the krakens and the battle servitor um, as a lord of war so put two in an orbital sub suborbital wing and then you would have enough extra points to put another javelin speeder in to fill out the squadron of three so I gave him those options to, you know, mix and match if he wanted to change the flyers around. Very cool. Definitely prefer them over that Storm Eagle, so <laughs> all day. Yeah. So I think uh, through messaging with him, I think his origin his plan now is to run the, the list as I have it written, but swap one of the lightnings for a uh, Fire Raptor. That's identical points. Ooh, I think that's what he's going to do. Hell yeah. Smart move, Mr. Ryan. So, Ryan I really like this list, though. I think it'll work really well for him. Very cool. I like it. Looks good to me, man. Yep. And now I know why uh, Dark Angels players will be taking grenade launchers. Watch out for that. We don't have any Dark Angels players down here, so... So, next list is a 3,500-point salamander list coming from Alec. And Alec says, Ryan, thanks for taking the time to read this. Huge fan of the podcast and crew. I've been collecting salamanders for a long while, and I'm not afraid to admit I'm terrible at list creation. My collection is rather vast, so I'll leave you to create a fun list for the podcast, given the variety I currently own. Feel free to add models so they aren't present in my collection as you see fit. The only guidance I have is the creation is in its creation is that I enjoy the infantry aspect of the Astartes. So something about seeing dozens of standard Astartes stalking across the table that really draws attention. Granted, I'm aware that they present a target-rich environment, and I happily lose most of my games while suffering horrendous casualties. Very much of the fluff-oriented player out of the fellas who play in my meta. I, however, wouldn't mind a change of pace as far as maximizing the effectiveness of the Legion. Thanks for the assist and perspective. And then he sent us a list of all the different things that he has. But he says, P.S., the meta point maximum required is 3,500. So 
What did you do for Mr. Alex, this U.S. Marine Corps sergeant? Okay, so here's the thing. Thank you for your service. So I originally, yeah, thank you for your service. I originally looked at this and was like, he's wanting something more competitive, so I was just going to write the same old, same old list that we've written a thousand times on the show, which would be Pride of the Legion, and you take all those fire drinks he has and you stick them in a Spartan with the nasty Praetor and a Chaplain and the Primus Medicaid that he has, and then you take the standard Terminators he has and you throw those in a Land Raider, and then you take all those tactical guys and call them veteran tacticals and then put those in the four Rhinos he has, and then you just add in like his Sakaran and you know whatever other shit it is in the list to make up points. So that was my original thought. So he can still do that. Anyone can do that. It's so if that's the way you want to go, you want something more competitive, just do exactly what I said right there. That being said, I wanted to get a little bit more creative and an idea at you because you said you like the idea of like infantry stopping across the battlefield and things like that. Plus you are playing at such a high points level, you can do some interesting things. So we've talked in the past about what I kind of wanted to do with my Salamanders about adding in all the automata. I don't know if Michael remembers that or not. Yeah. The guy that I played in Michigan had the Iron Warrior list that was kind of like that. So I wrote him a list similar to that. So I was going to see what you guys thought. And this is just kind of a cool idea. Um, if you don't like the list that I'm going to read off, you can always go back to what I just said. Just do Pride of the Legion and go back and listen to that little 10-minute snippet of me telling you what to take and what to put them in. You have all that stuff in your list. So you can start doing that right away if you this want is, to. This is going to be some Eben Drake shit. Is that what we're about to get into? Um, not really. So th this is kind of. Let me read through the list, and I think everybody will like it. So okay. I got a a Praetor in Terminator armor. Uh, it's Cataphracty armor. He's got the Dragon Scale Storm Shield, a Chain Fist that's Master Crafted, Digital Lasers, Mantle of the Elder Drake. That's how I run my Praetor. Um, then I took a Pravian which is the guy that can automate a, attached to him. So the uh, I took a Pravian, and he has a Power Fist, Volkite Charger, and you're going to want to put the... I forget the name of the war gear. There's a little piece of war gear that he automatically comes with that if you hit some, something with it, it um, makes it to where your automata in that unit gain preferred enemy against the unit that you hit. So the reason you take a... Volkite Charger is because it shoots twice, so it gives you two chances to hit something, which gives you two opportunities to hit them so that you get preferred enemy. Plus, if you're shooting at 12 inches or in, you want to still be able to assault. So you want that weapon, whatever that weapon is with that ability uh, stuck on it, you want it to have the assault characteristic. So you don't want to just stick it on a bolt gun or something, because then... Uh, you fire it to get the preferred enemy, and then you're not going to be able to assault. So that's why I went Volkite Charger. And then the last thing he has is a boarding shield, which is the same reason, like we've talked about. It gives you the same invulnerable save in close combat as a refractor field, but it also gives that entire unit defensive grenade. So if somebody charges in, they're going to lose an attack. So attached to this guy, I took five Vorax, and they're going to uh, select the Tank Hunter upgrade, because a Pravian gives them a special ability, so they're going to select Tank Hunter. And then they also took the Biocorrosive Ammunition upgrade. So they're all going to have poison shots and all those guns. So it's a little going against the fluff slightly, I guess, with Salamanders, because they're not supposed to... Like that like kind of stuff. Beat, <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of stuff. So you could... I don't know. Like it, 
it's the only way to make rotor cannons like worth a fuck. Yeah. So I guess like you could just change the fluff around like because sniper vets wound on a straight four two. So you could just say like because salamanders are artificer guys that they like went in and like digitally enhanced their guys to be really good shots or whatever. So it's a sniper effect over a poison effect. However you want to word it, but like I know that's. Like, Fluff has written what it's supposed to be. It kind of goes against Salamanders, even though it is still legal to do it. Yeah. But you can get creative with the Fluff in your head to justify why you're doing it, I guess. And if you just absolutely don't want to do it, you can drop them off and save yourself some points. And with the points that you're saving, you could probably actually fit in a sixth Vorax instead of the five. But I just wanted to point that out. So that's one unit. So you're going to have a Pravian with the five Vorax. So Vorax automatically come with Scout, I believe. So you'll be able to outflank with these guys or move them up the field before the game begins to get a little closer. Um, and with Tank Hunter, the lightning guns that they automatically come with on their back are Strength 7, AP4, Rending. So you're going to get, you know, to fish for sixes and get rerolls for Tank Hunter. But the big thing about Tank Hunter is it also works in close combat. So because these guys are monstrous creatures, they're going to be able to smash. And even if they're not smash, I think they're Strength 6. So they're still going to be Strength 7, AP2, with Tank Hunter in close combat, which is still going to be good and kill Dreadnoughts and stuff. Still going to be doing work. <laughs> yeah. So then the, the third and final HQ choice is another Pravian. This, the Pravian himself is armed the same way. So Power Fist, Volkite Charger, Boarding Shield, and then put that, the whatever the targeter is that gives preferred enemy, you want to put that on the Volkite Charger. But his unit that he's taking is three Castellacs. Um, all three of these Castellacs are also going to take the Tank Hunter upgrade, just like the Vorax. Um, and all three are going to be armed with Dark Fire Cannons, and also all three are going to have the Enhanced Targeting Array, which raises their Ballistic Skill by one and lowers your cover save by one. So, that's going to be six Dark Fire Cannon shots with Tank Hunter. So that's going to provide a pretty good anti-tank firebase that's also decent in close combat that can stomp around start on the board and all that and be like and also be pretty durable brutal so that's that's pretty cool then for troops for your core troops i took three 15 man tactical squads just normal tacticals the sergeants all have artificer armor and then for elites for the first choice i took a apothecary detachment with three apothecaries in it that all have artificer armor so they're going to go in with the tactical squads so you're going to end up with basically 16-man tactical squads with two guys having artificer armor, one of them being an apothecary. So these are going to be your objective holders. You're going to want to kind of move them up to maybe midfield and then try to camp on objectives with them and use that uh, Fury of the Legion as often as you can and just kind of use these guys to hold and cap objectives and uh, just be a kind of a larger unit that's annoying while the, your enemy has to deal with all these other hard-hitting threats that we've yet to get to. I mean, we already got to the Pravians, but there's going to be more. You'll find a use for them. So, you could always yeah. use a big, giant unit. <laughs> like it's Yeah. yeah. So then right. the second Elite's choice is going to be five Fire Drakes. Um, they're going, the Drake Master is going to have a Storm Shield and a Mastercrafted Thunderhammer. Um, the other four guys are all going to have uh, Storm Shields. Two of them are going to have Power Fist, and two of them are going to have Chain Fist. So this is a really fucking hard-ass unit. I run it all the time, or something similar. And they're going to take a dedicated uh, Spartan assault tank. Um, I didn't look to see uh, what... You may only be able to take the Spartan if you take six or more, but regardless, I didn't use any of the heavy support slots. So if that's illegal, I forgot to check. Now we've made it to the podcast, and 
<laughs> I might be looking like an asshole, but regardless, take a Spartan. The Spartan's going to have armored ceramite flare shield dozer blade. Like I said, if you can't take it dedicated because the unit has to be six to do so, just take it as a heavy support. It's no different. So anyway, your Praetor is going to go in with these fire drakes and be cruising around the Spartan. Um, then you're going to take an allied detachment. Um, you're going to ally in some Legio Cybernetica. So the HQ for this allied detachment is going to be an Arch Magos Dominus. He's going to have a uh, just a mastercrafted uh, power axe that he comes with, and then his basic weapon, which is, I think, the loose effects pistol or whatever, just whatever the free pistol is. He's also going to take an augury scanner, a cyber familiar, and a machinator array. So the machinator array raises his toughness, um, and then it also gives him some extra close combat attacks and another shooting attack. The cyber familiar, he already comes with a 4 plus invulnerable. The cyber familiar is going to raise that to a 3 plus. Um, the augury scanner. You know, prevents infiltration and is going to give that unit to intercept with its rapid fire and heavy weapons. And he's going to actually be able to join units just like the Pravian. So, for troops, I took a unit of three Castellax Battle Automata. Um, two of them have uh, the Power Blades, and then the last one has a Siege Wrecker. And then they're just going to stick with the standard bolt guns on the wrist and the Mahler Bolters on the shoulder. And that Arc Magos goes in there with them. So because all that stuff is rapid fire or heavy, all that stuff's going to get to intercept if you if anybody deep strikes uh, close to that guy. Um, and then finally, for the heavy support slot for the allied detachment, I took a single Thanatar with no upgrades, just a badass Thanatar. Fuck yeah. So if you look at this, if you look at this list, it's, it does the same thing that he's been wanting to do, which is stomp around with a bunch of infantry. The only vehicle in the army is the one Spartan with the fire drakes in it. I just have, it's really hard to justify stomping around with fire drakes. They're just too fucking slow because they're in cataphracty. So you need that Spartan to get them close. So basically, you're going to be stomping forward. You're going to have, uh, what is it, six Castellax in this list, five Vorax. The Vorax will probably outflank. And then you'll have the Thanatar dropping bombardments on them. But the cool thing is, all three units of those Automata have pretty kick ass close combat characters in them that give them extra abilities. And then you're going to have those fire drakes driving forward in that uh, Spartan, and you have those three big tactical squads all with feel no pain, you know, capping objectives and stuff. And the fire drakes also score because they have implacable advance. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Very cool. And on top of that, he gets to stomp around with big old mechs, man. You don't have to paint a single fucking tank. It's what it sounds. Oh, well, yes, he does. Well, he's got a Spartan already. So he doesn't have any of this Mechanicum stuff. I just. I wanted to do something different, and it sounds like he likes more of a foot-slogging feel, and this does that, but makes it a lot tougher with all these monstrous creatures, and it's going to be... It's also a unique army to play with and against, and I think a lot of people would enjoy playing against it and seeing it on the battlefield. I think it's pretty cool. How would you, uh, how would you, like... How would you paint that Mechanicum? Like, would... No, you wouldn't paint it green, obviously, I'm guessing, because it's... You know, well, you could, but the... Well, you could, so you could do it one of two ways, or you do it one of three ways. Eh, two ways. So the ones that are with the salamanders, they're bonded to the salamanders, so you would actually paint the automata. You could paint them, like, where they look Mechanicum with, like, one green shoulder pad, or you could just, like, paint them green like salamanders, but then put, like, some Mechanicum logos on them. Yeah. And then the, the allied Mechanicum detachment itself you could paint it totally different, like paint it like it's from Mars and it truly is an ally, or you could just also pretend, once again, that it's an extension of the chapter and you could paint it, you know, greens, like it's bonded to the chapter, or the, the Legion, not the chapter, sorry. 
So you could actually make them where they're too distinct, where it's like these are my allies and these are my regular, or you could all kind of paint a matching theme. Or what I would probably do is paint the salamander-specific ones like the green with a little bit of red and then do the opposite with the allied mechanicums. Paint them mostly red with maybe like one green shoulder pad. That's Something dope. like that. So you let everybody know that these are not part of my legion. These are allies. Right. Yep. I like it. Especially like the Thanatars, man. I don't think there's enough utilization of Thanatars out there. So. Yep. So, so really- like I said, try, you can try this out. It is a lot to add to your list and you already own a bunch of shit. So if you don't want to. But the other thing was you already have some of the Salamander stuff. This gives you like you could buy this Mechanicum stuff and throw it in your army and then maybe this would be a good start to then move on to like a pure Mechanicum army, like a dip your toe in type thing. Fuck yeah, man. Totally have like, totally just uh, uh, what do you call it? Double dip with your army. <laughs> you like- could also make this a, Mo- a Mozoa. You could make these guys Mozoa because that's that Forge, the Forge world that they land on with Cass and Dracos and stuff that they defend against all the traitor shit where they go get him. That'd be so tight. So that's what I would paint these guys up as Mazoa. I think that would be pretty badass. But once again, if you don't want to do this, just go back to my original idea of Pride of the Legion and put all the stuff in the tanks like I told you about. But you could do that. That's not a hard list to write. Damn. He came off pretty lucky getting two lists. So two ideas coming your way, buddy. Very cool, Ryan. Very cool list. I was going to combine the Pride of the Legion list and that, but the problem is if you take Pride of the Legion, you cannot um, ally with anything. You just lose your allies. So in order to get the allied Mechanicum in... uh, Now, if you didn't want to take the allied Mechanicum, you could go Pride of the Legion and drop the entire allied Mechanicum uh, allies, and then with that 810 points, go Pride of the Legion and swap all these tacticals over to veterans. You could do that kind of mix mix and match if you're feeling froggy if you're feeling froggy i dig it so what's next you got a raven guard liberation force list so yeah i just want you to help me out this is more of a discussion than going through his list i think his list is fine like there wasn't really anything that's like this needs change nothing really jumped out except one thing uh which we can talk about but I wanted to go over it with you and see what you thought. Okay. So this comes from Justin. He says, good, serious. Here's my 2,500 point list. I'm looking at running an event in August. I have self-imposed a couple limitations on myself with this list. No quad mortars or militia tanks being allowed in this list. I do have a couple of questions that I would love your opinions on. Firstly, oh, I would love your opinions on. Firstly, I'm not running quad mortars. Is there a better place to put Mon than heavy support squad? And is there a better weapon loadout than last cannons for that heavy support squad? Secondly, is the auto cannon upgrade that's important for a fire raptor, or is a heavy bolter worth it to be able to put on a couple of melta bombs and some units? Uh, anyway, here's my list. Mon goes with the heavy support squad and that unit, and the jet bikes start behind the militia with the rest of the army, starting infiltrated up or in reserves. Please let me know what you guys think. So he's taking uh, in his allied detachment. He's got a uh, force commander. A levy squad with 50 people. Another levy squad with 50 people. Uh, then he's got uh, Alvarox Mon. And, his, and this is the Raven Guard attachment. Uh, he's got a tactical squad with 10 dudes with a rhino with a pencil mounted multi-melta. 
Then he's got another tactical squad with 10 dudes and a rhino with a pencil-mounted M. Pencil M. I'm guessing that's multi-melta. A tactical support squad with uh, 10 dudes, all with plasma guns, with a sergeant with a MB and AA, so artificer armor and melt-a-bomb, and a rhino with a pencil-mounted multi-melta. Then his fast attack toys, he's got a Dark Fury squad with eight dudes running with a uh, Chooser of the Slain with a Melt-A-Bomb. And then he's got a Fast Attack Choice. He's got a Primaris Lightning with a Battle Servitor Control, Ground Tracking Arguries, and two sets of Kraken Penetrators. Then in the Heavy Support SWAT, he's got a Heavy ra- uh, sorry, Fire Raptor with Hellstrike Missiles, a Heavy Support Squad with ten dudes, all with Last Cannon, Sergeant of Anti-Aircraft, or <laughs> Artificer Armor, and Augury Scanner for some sweet, sweet Interceptor. And then in the last Heavy Support squad spot, he's got a Jet Bike Sky Slayer with three dudes with Volkite for the extra range. I love what you guys do. Keep it up. And Ryan, stay in your fucking lane. So what's your question on this list, Ryan? Okay. Or discussion. So, discussion. I don't really understand, unless he's just doing it for a pure fluff standpoint, why he went Raven Guard Liberation, because all he took for the militia is just two levy squads and a force commander with no upgrades. I don't either, unless he's, like, going for, I, I don't know. I mean, I unless it's, like, some sort of try-and-get-me-off-objective kind of thing, you know? Because that's a, yeah. a lot of dudes running around. Well, Liberation Force gives you what? Uh, it's either hatred or... Uh, it gives the Astarte something. Oh, okay. Preferred enemy, maybe? Uh, You'll have to look. Let me see. Do you have it? That's you have your book six? Book six, right, yeah. Yeah. Look it up right now. Anyway, so yeah, so I wasn't really sure while you because here's the weird thing is you can take this right of war and you don't even have to take militia. It just gives you the ability to take militia, but I don't think you're forced to do it. About to find out here in a second. Yeah. The other thing he is asking about the fire after yes, the it's only a ten point upgrade to upgrade the heavy bolters to auto cannons. I think it's well worth it. Um, the auto cannons make that thing way more threatening to other flyers, and it actually lets you pound on lighter medium armor vehicles. Where the heavy bolter is a lot less effective, and then even against like mechanica monsters creatures like those four and shit we were talking about. The auto cannon is still AP four, but it's wounding a lot easier, being strength seven. Okay, so the liberation force gives you uh, once per game declared by the Raven Guard player at the beginning of the game turn of their choice. Every model in the army gains Zealot for the remainder of that game turn. Uh, when playing a yep. mission that uses Slay the Warlord, the controlling player earns not one but D three. Uh, should the army include and should the army include an allied detachment drawn from Imperial Militia? The Warp Colts Army List models that are in attachment are fearless within six inches of any model that has the Legion Stardust special rule. Uh, limitations. Nothing that says you've got to take militia. So you just get Z lot for one turn. Yeah, so all the Marines are basically going to game Zealot, which is hatred and fearless for one turn. So will the Levies, but the Levies, as long as they're within however many inches of any of these Astartes guys, are going to become fearless. The so entirety you of the game, could anyway. Possibly have a hundred fearless dudes running around. Right. So I guess that's why he's doing it. Um, it's just a shame. I, I guess I ain't mad at know, it. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> mad at it, but I I kind of <laughs> wish he took a little bit better advantage of the militia and maybe took some of their other units or 
took some providences that made those guys a little more worthwhile. Um, but anyway, uh, I like it overall. I wish that he had an apothecary in that Dark Fury squad uh, just to make those guys a little more durable. Jump Marines are pretty exposed. It's it's you, you got to look for ways to you know protect those guys, especially those guys because they're really expensive. Super expensive Dark Furies. Unless you're playing on deep striking them in and using Mon's bubble. Or tar tar pitting somebody with your hundred other dudes. The jet bikes, to be honest, what I would do is just... uh, I I would... I don't like the heavy support jet bikes. I'm not a fan. Um, Especially not a fan of upgrading them because you're essentially paying for the upgrade twice, which we've talked about before. Because the... A jet bike base is like whatever points it is. When you buy the heavy support one, they already have the uh, ten point upgrade for having a multi melta built into the cost. Right. But but then when you upgrade the multi melta further, they make you pay another ten points for the Volkite. When if you just took a normal jet bike and bought a Volkite for it, it would be the same points as a heavy support one base. Remember we've talked about that. So yeah, you're we... paying like fifty some points for a Volkite jet bike. I don't think it's worth it. I would personally just drop these guys down to the fast attack version and save yourself sixty points. Um, and then with those sixty points, try to get an apothecary with a jump back to put on those dark series, and then just have three heavy bolters instead of three Volkites. I think you'd get way more out of those points doing that than you would just gaining you know, 10, 11 inches of range and three extra shots. Makes sense. For one unit. So that's what I would do there. Um, the rest of the unit is really good. Um, I would definitely put the auto cannons on the fire after you could get that. Like you said, by dropping a few, um, melt the bombs. The other thing you could do, you have a tactical support squad, all with plasma guns. I want to say, and no, cause I think, you can you can do something with the sergeant, but I still think I think you can upgrade the sergeant to um, have a close combat weapon and basically not have to upgrade him to the plasma gun, which saves you fifteen points. Or you would just have nine plasma guns instead of ten. But at that way, I mean, ten plasma guns is a little overkill. So I think you could save a few points by just doing nine and then giving the sergeant the close combat weapon and augury scanner. That also gives that unit an augury scanner, so if somebody deep strikes next to it, you can light them up with the nine plasma guns because they are rapid fire. <laughs> just, just obliterate that unit. So, you got um, plenty of fucking meat shield to to hide that in too, as well. Yeah. So I think the heavy support squad with last cannons is fine. Um, I don't think because if with the fire after and with the primaris lightning strike fighter, especially if you put the auto cannons on the fire after like you should. You have plenty of anti-air. If you didn't have any anti-air, I would probably have recommended swapping the LAS cannons for missiles and then putting the um, flak missiles on them. But you're not really going to need that with the two flyers. So I would definitely think the LAS cannons are the way to go just so you have some more anti-tank in this army. Makes sense. That's really all, that's really all my thoughts. I mean, I like the list other than that. It's definitely going to be fluffy. It's going to be fluffy and it's going to be a good time. I would, like I said, I'd re, I'd swap those jet bikes just for the standard fast attack ones, and then with those extra, let's try to get an apothecary with the jump pack and with those dark fury. 
even if you have to drop because you have eight Dark Furies and one Chooser, even if you need more points than that, you could just drop another Dark Dark Fury and put the Apothecary in and have eight Dark Furies total instead of nine with that um, Apothecary. I would rather have Feel No Pain on all those guys and just lose one of them than have the full just have one extra wound in the unit with no Feel No Pain. All day. Fuck yeah. Definitely keep them around a little bit longer. Yeah. So, that's all I would do. Other than that, I like the list. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Should be interested to see. You got a lot of painting to do, buddy. You got a lot I can't of painting wait to, to go do. Over this. I can't wait to go over this next list because it's going to give Michael ideas because he likes Raven Guard ideas. I do. Is this the uh, one from Jacob? Yep. Okay. So, Jacob sent a Raven Guard and Black Shield ideas. He said, hey, all I'm one of Ryan's regulars, and after seeing reliably low polling numbers for the likes of Raven Guard and Black Shields, I've been chewing on one or both of them as Loyalist Force, so that I'm not running Alpha Legion all the time. I know there's a lot of parallels and similarities between Raven Guard and Alpha Legion, so it seems a natural fit to bridge these uh, those armies. For the Raven Guard, I think I've got some solid ideas for a decapitation strike, but I also wanted to look at Recon Company lists as it feels fluffy and a great way to utilize rarely seen units on the tabletops. My initial draft for 2,500 points was as follows. A Chaplain with Artificer Armor, Jump Pack, Boarding Shield, and Axe. A Vigilator with Artificer Armor, Jump Pack, Refractory, and Axe. A Vigilator with Artificer Armor, Jump Pack, Refractory, Field, and Axe. Two Jump Pack Power Sword Apothecaries. Fifteen Assault Marines with Melted Bombs. Two, uh, three of them have Power Axes, Artificer Armor, and Talons on the Sergeant. Ten times Tactical Marines in Multi-Melted Dozer Blade Rhino. Five Recon Marines with Sniper Rifles. Ten Dark Furies. Three javelins with multi meltas and cyclone missile launchers, a fire raptor. I should be able to wedge. He, he also has Korax. You missed Korax at the very beginning. Where was Korax? Oh yeah, and Korax. Uh, I should be able to wedge in a leviathan if I cut the javelins and fire raptor. But I feel like conferring the shrouded to the jump units is less important since they will gain it after scouting with each of the vigilators, which will also confer stealth, gaining a four plus in the open or two plus in terrain. Though, though the Leviathan would enable three turn two assaults, I don't know how fluffy dreads are for Raven Guard. Otherwise, things should be straightforward. One Vigilator and one Apothecary join each unit, and then the Chaplain helps the Assault Marines, and the Korax hangs out with whatever wherever he's needed. Past that, I was mulling over the possible survivors of Istvan Black Shields, list, seeing some Alpha Legion Raven Guard fall under an uneasy truce in the wake of Massacre. These guys seem like a clear fit for lone wolf Camari, highly trained infiltrators, assassins, and saboteurs with more loyalties to survivalists to survival than anyone other. I'm open to the idea of using one Black Shield character for the list, but suspect I'd like to stay away from the more than one drop pod, given my plans for both Alpha Legion and Raven Guards separately. What are some of the best dirty tricks I could use to take advantage of the lone wolves and catch my enemies by surprise? Thanks again for the quality show, and keep up the good work. Okay, Ryan, hit me with it. So this is why his list is awesome. So we, I threw the idea of Recon Company at him because he was asking me, I like Decapitation Strike, but what other things should I look at? And I said, well, the cool thing about Recon Company is if you already have guys that have Infiltrate, um, I didn't even know about the Scout thing. I thought it was only Infiltrate. But apparently if you have anybody that already has Infiltrate and Scout, as part of Recon Company, then they you gain Shrouded on the first game turn. Right. So the cool thing about Raven Guard is everything in Power Armor that's not Jump Infantry or Bikes 
um, gains infiltrate. Right. So, and then what's really crazy is even if you have jump pack guys or whatever, because of the way the Vigilator works, the Vigilator automatically comes with Cameo Line. Raven Guard get Cameo Line on things that normally can't get it, but the thing is, if you take it, you're not allowed to take jump pack normally. The Vigilator gets around it because he already has Cameo Line, and then one of his options on his own is a jump pack. It has nothing to do with Raven Guard. Okay. So... You only need one guy with stealth to convert to the whole unit. So he's going to put the Vigilator in with the Assault Marines and the Vigilator in with the Dark Fury. So both those guys are going to have stealth. And then because the Vigilators also gives them Scout, when you make them part of a Recon Company, it gives them Shrouded. So you're going to be able to, on turn one, or before the game begins, scout those guys up, hopefully in some area terrain, which will give them a cover save. And then with Stealth Shrouded stocked on top of it, they're going to have two plus covers on the first game turn. Boom. Just out the gate. Out the gate. And then on turn one, you're going to jump them forward and then run and hopefully end up in some more area terrain. And you hope to go first because if you go first, you're already scouted up and then you get to move and then go into some more area terrain and have your two plus cover save to survive. And then on turn two, you move your 12 inches of your jump pack and then assault deep into their deployment zone. And it's going to be really hard to deal with that many guys that all have two plus cover saves that also have feel no pain from the apothecaries. Turn one. <laughs> turn two. Well, turn two. They'll be able to salt turn two. Yeah. Um, the recon marines, you have to take at least one squad of recon marines. So he just took five of sniper rifles. That's not going to be a bad. I wouldn't go crazy with recon marines, but they're not bad if you just take like a single one off squad, especially in this army, because they're going to get shrouded on that turn one like we talked about. So you'll be able to place those guys out um, where they can uh, cap an objective or something and then just shoot their sniper rifles and kind of be annoying the rest of the game. Javelins are always a solid choice, and you know, you'll know you be able to outflank or whatever. The Fire After goes in reserve as well, which is pretty good. The, funny th the other funny thing we talked about was because the Tactical Marines are in a Rhino, if something has Infiltrate and buys Dedicated Transport, it confers it to the Transport, so that means the Rhino is going to have Shrouded on the first game turn. <laughs> so you can Infiltrate up that Rhino, and then it's also going to have uh, Shrouded Plus turn one, so it's be hard. It's yeah, so it's going to be... this. Yeah, this is going to be a pretty... Then you got Korax and... Uh, you know, Heat... All that stuff's going to be infiltrated up, so Korax is going to be a little bit further back, so you can only snap-fire him if he's not the closest unit. And because you're going to be able to scout up all those jump marines, and then they're going to move forward real quick and be in combat, Korax is always going to be behind those guys for the most part. So it's going to be really hard to get shots in on him unless you have some type of counter-deep-strike or real maneuverable unit yourself, so you're really going to be able to utilize Korax really well. Um, should be a really fun list to play. Yeah, it sounds... I mean... It sounded fun without even like utilizing Korax. <laughs> like it's like it looked like a fun list just with all the jump marines going on, and then you just like, oh yeah, Korax is here too. <laughs> like, yeah, just be you know handling shit. Like I, I feel like you could probably get away with this list without even taking Korax. I feel like probably your biggest weakest link is like <sighs> him running around. You don't really need him for anything. Yeah, I just think because Jacob likes running the Primarchs or whatever. If you didn't want, what he's like four hundred. Yeah, what is he four? Four something. It's four, yeah. Four, so anyway, I mean, you could drop or something like that. Four, four thirty-five. Four. I think he's four fifty. Four, right around four fifty. I don't remember. I think he's really good though. I like him. A lot of people don't use him. 
I think he's one of the more underutilized Primarchs. I know he only has a five-up invol, but if he's not the closest unit, you have to snap fire at him, which makes him really durable. And once he gets in close combat, you have the different modes. Like, you can switch him between where he gets lots of extra attacks or he's minus one to hit him. So it's more about him just not being hit than it is about him being tough with that five-up invol. So it's like more of like you have to play him smart. And then the fact that he's got hit and run, if somebody does manage to catch him with something nasty, if he can survive, you can hit and run out of there. Fuck yeah. Um, but what do you think about Black Shields? Like what he was talking about, doing like a mix of Alpha Legion Raven Guard. Uh, that'd be interesting. Uh, that'd be post-Istvan, so Istvan, so they wouldn't have been betrayed by the Alpha Legion so hardcore yet. So I could definitely see that happening. Uh... But anything after the whole fucking <laughs> tampering with the gene seed shit, I don't really see that. Yeah, so, I'm with you there. So yeah, like I'm the, with you there. The I didn't ti- think that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the time frame that he sold. Yeah, definitely. I could definitely see a cool. Uh, you could even you could even do a developing thing where you could do your own timeline where you played with that army for a little bit where they're allied together, and then after that bullshit goes down, maybe word gets back that that happened. And then they have like a falling out and they become like embittered enemies that really fucking hate each other. <laughs> They're just like, hey, dude, I know you're mad because of our other elite fellow legionnaires did that. We had no fucking clue they were like that. <laughs> they were totally cool when we were hanging out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, he, where's the chap? He said the chaplain. I'm guessing the chaplain will go with the assault marines because the dark furies already have um, master crafted on all their claws, right? Is that what yeah. he said? Yeah, they're all mastercrafted okay. at the gate. So that big assault marine squad, not only is it going to be have feel no pain and be two plus cover turn one, it's also going to be fearless. So you have to kill them to the last man to get rid of them. Then when they so yeah, I I like this list. I think it's going to be good. What I don't know that it, it doesn't have a ton of anti tank. He's going to, I mean, against things that are just armor ten on the back, just with all these like crack grenade attacks and just like punching it with fists and swords and the dark furies. That's going to be pretty decent anti-armor. Um, but as far as like heavy armor, somebody's got like a Land Raider or a Spartan. Really, the only thing you have is Korax in close combat because he can get up to strength 9 against vehicles. Yeah. What if he ditched those javelins for lightning? Uh, Three javelins. They're 65 points of or with the multi-multiples are what, 75 a piece? Yeah. Yeah, so you could do that. You could get rid of the three javelins for a lightning, or you could swap the... He already kind of has enough anti-infantry. You could just directly swap the fire after for a lightning. That's probably what I would do. Yeah. Either way. Have some way. way. Just in case you or run into you, one of like those Like you events. said, if you wanted to... You could take Korax out of the list and take... Um, you know, just take some other anti-tank shit. I don't know. I like the list, though. I mean, you don't really... He's got so many dudes on the board. It all infiltrates, moves around, it's whatever. I mean, if somebody just has, like, whatever their Death Star in the Spartan, just stick something there where they have to get out and assault it, and then once they get out, then do your thing. Like, you can ignore just a Spartan. You don't really have to worry about it too much. Yeah, just wait outside of it, screaming, Get out of there! You can, like... Oh, the it says the assault marines. Every assault marine has melt bombs. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Every assault. I, I was just thinking in case he runs into an event that follows Meltagate, which I doubt he will. 
but well, if that you did, if going now that Heresy's writing its own book, does the FAQ even matter anymore? Because the FAQ is for the seventh edition rulebook, which doesn't exist anymore. Because Heresy's going to have its own book, so is it going to be pre-fact, post-fact, include the fact? We don't know. So multi-bombing may just come back as a rule anyway. Yeah, that's true. We'll have to see. Speculation's high. But I really like this Raven Guard list. Good job, Do it, Jacob. Jacob. Do it to it. So that's all the list. That's everything. It. We're done. You have any unsolicited shout-outs you want to throw out, or we can close the show up? No. You hear my crazy dog? Come here. <laughs> Holy shit. I was real happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds good. Guys, if you want to call in, leave us a voicemail. Remember, you can always dial uh, 209-RFI-30K0. Leave us a voicemail with your crazy stories. Uh, uh, I think you've realized by now we're so deep into this. They don't have to be Warhammer-related stories or anything like that. Just leave us your stories, and we'll play them on the air. Uh if uh, you haven't already, check us out on Facebook. Like I said, we have that giveaway going on Monday. Uh, leave us an iTunes review if you can. That way we can get pushed to the top of the list. And also, if you really, really like our sweet voices, we do have a Patreon that we did set up. There are some perks to being in Patreon. Uh, we have a badass group, a little chat, and uh, some other little perks that we hand out. Like I said, all those uh, Patreon supporters that asked for it are getting some sweet-ass aprons heading their way. So uh, we do little things. So I have another podcast, too. So if you just just cannot get enough of me and you want to hear about another game you probably don't know anything about, uh, I have a podcast called Echoes of Samaria that does. Uh, we talk about a game called Dark Age that Coolman or Not puts out. So... Fuck yes, boys. Go check out Ryan's Dark Age podcast. Uh, he's just getting into Dark Age, so there's going to be a lot of learning curves going on in his podcast, so you can learn along with him. Uh, what are y'all on episode three is coming out, right, Ryan? Uh, one and two are already at. We're recording three this coming weekend for game night. So there you go, guys. Go check out Ryan on his uh, other podcast there. And once again, we want to say uh, thank you to Shapeways for, for looking out to us. Of course, Pop Goes the Monkey out there making his sweet sweet things so appreciate everybody y'all have a good one guys we'll go ahead and leave you with some music later welcome to my nightmare i think you're gonna like it i think you're gonna feel you belong Sedation You wanna feel at home Cause you belong
You're welcome to my nightmare.